Cut the Crest presents The Screening Room Welcome back to The Screening Room and I'm going to take you back in another Time Warp episode uh, as part of my fan cast series where I am going to be talking to uh, a very, very old friend of mine uh, in a minute. I have known him since, I think, I guess my late teens. I don't even know when we first met, but we met in a part-time job. Uh, we used to work for a, a shop called uh, Tempo. They were kind of like, uh, I don't know, um, if you're an American, I suppose the sort of Radio Shack. No, more like Circuit City, actually. Uh, and for us Brits, if you don't remember it, it was a competitor to uh, Curry's and and Comet and all those guys. Although I think Comet, yeah, Comet doesn't exist anymore either. But anyway, so we used to sell TVs and fridges and stuff. And we, yeah, well, I say we used to sell TVs and fridges and stuff. We used to mostly just stand around chatting stuff, shit about pop culture and stuff. But okay, so. Uh, his name is Tin Tin Sum, or Tin Sum Wing, or uh, the Tin Man, as I like to call him, uh, although he does have a heart. But uh, yeah, here is Tin Tin and I talking, I think, mostly Sammy Smack about Star Wars stuff that he doesn't like and that I don't like. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly. I mean, we did record this thing like two years ago. So uh, yeah, anyway, enjoy. Here's me. In the past, chatting to Tintin. In the past. Hi, welcome back to the screening room. I am joined today by not an actor, not a film uh, person or anybody who works in the industry, but an old colleague who became a close friend of mine, Mr. Paul Hyung Lee. So... (laughs) (laughs) Fucked that up completely, didn't I? Hang on a second. (laughs) Paul Sung... Paul? Hyung Lee. Hyung... Paul Sung (laughs) Hyung Lee. From uh, Kim's Convenience. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the Mandalorian. No. Hello. Uh, in case you haven't realized yet, I am chatting shit. Uh, part of my language. Part of my language. Sorry, I have been trying not to swear so much. Um, no, I am joined today by Mr. Tin Wing Sum, uh, aka Tin Man, or as I like to call him. Uh, sorry, Tin Tin, or as I like to call him, Tin Man, uh, the Tininator, Tinitron. I have a multitude of names uh, for my friend here. And yeah, for my suffering. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. Well, hang on, because the people are going to find out in a minute what you call me. Okay, so uh, you know, I think we're it's even Stevens. Um, so the the this is going to be uh, the first in a short series that I'm doing, which I'm calling fan casts. So essentially, I'm going to be talking with fans of stuff, and today's discussion is going to be. <laughs> sort of focused on Star Wars, but we might go off here and there. But um, Tintin, welcome. Hello. Oh, nice to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. No, you're welcome. Uh, uh, I'm, I, I am welcome. You... Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you are very much so. I'm so glad. Uh, <laughs> really? no, I'm so glad you could do this. Um, because you know, I appreciate this isn't your realm as such, but I mean, you must be used to these video calls by now, man. We're in like the second year of uh, coronavirus, or the third, depending on you know, depending on your outlook. Um, third. <laughs> <laughs> How well, long yeah. have it been? Yeah, yeah. Sir, is, it, because... is, it, is it 2050 yet? Have no, we just... got hoverboards and flying cars yet? No, we had those. Yeah, we had those six years ago, dude. We had the, we had the hoverboards six years ago, and the flying How long cars. Was I asleep? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness, you've woken up to some like post-apocalyptic world. Um, yeah, 2019, right? Some people reckon uh, end of 2019. Well, some governments have said 2019. Anyway, let's you, not talk you're about You're telling that. me Boris is still in charge? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm afraid so, mate. Uh, yeah, Theresa May, Theresa May got thrown down a reactor shaft of the second Death Star. And um, and now... Did, uh, they, did they ever find that Theresa May was actually a, a robot? No, she, did you not no, know? She's the Emperor. She's Palpatine. <laughs> well, with that dance... Oh my god, that was like, yeah. People don't have no idea what we're talking about. Sorry, we're talking about British politics. Let's stop that for a second. We'll park that for oh, right. the show, perhaps. But let's um, let's talk about Star Wars. Yes, uh, even though on the oh, water, behind... yeah, it's just, just this little thing. You know, it's this little independent film uh, that was made back in 1977. Didn't make many waves. You know, it kind of just. It kind of came and went, so I thought we'd revisit this uh, vintage little indie classic called Star Wars, and uh, you know all of its subsequent <laughs> sequels, spin-offs, merchandising, cartoons, books. Oh yeah. God, the merchandising! The bloody merchandising! Yeah. Hey man, I'm drowning in merchandising. Yeah, you're telling me. Check this out. You guys can't see, but uh, this is uh, wow, Lego uh, Lego Dio oh. that I made oh. at the weekend. I love this guy. Even though the oh. scale's completely off, but um, you can spin his head around. Beep boop, beep boop. Yeah. So that's Always. where you. That's where all your big bucks go. All your big bucks. All my big bucks go on garbage toys for me, basically. Uh, not garbage. Sorry. No disrespect to the Lego designers. <laughs> I have mad, oh. mad respect for you guys. I have mad respect. I'm a massive Lego fan at the moment. Um, yeah, Tintin. So. Hello. Hi, let's chat some wars, my friend. Um, I was going to say on the back of we your wall, on your yep. wall there, you've got a whole bunch of canvases and art from Marvel. You've got some wicked stuff. There's a, I see an amazing Fantasy Fifteen canvas. You've got Captain America. Oh, I see the theme now, oh, of course. And then you've got a little, like an image, like a Jack Kirby stuff on the, like a square Jack Kirby image. Yeah, the tactics. Yeah, nice. So you got Spidey, Cap, and Hulk, and we're not going to talk about Marvel at all. Oh, we can do, I suppose. Have you? Are you all caught up with Wonder Vision? Oh, uh, of course I am. Yeah, yeah I'm a big okay. Marvel fan. Excellent. Okay, so maybe we can touch on that. So, um, for the audience at home, at the time of recording, we've just had uh, <laughs> Wonder Vision episode three, but I think by the time, three. yeah, but by the time this goes out, uh. You know, it may be done, I think. I don't know. How many episodes are there in the season? I think there's eight or the ten, I'm not sure. Right, okay. So whatever it is, yeah, it might be because we're gonna go on, we're on a hiatus at the minute and then I'll be back um 
in Feb, so people are probably listening to this in sort of the end of February, I reckon. So, well, maybe we're not, we won't be done. We won't be done uh, with WandaVision, but we will be a good distance into it. Anyway, um, uh, digress slightly. Let's, um, so let's get on with the fan cast, the Star Wars fan cast. Now, uh, if you are an avid listener of this show, and I hope you are, but if you're not, I completely understand. I probably wouldn't be myself if I was uh, on the outside here. But um, my my feelings towards, say, the Disney stuff have always been a bit sort of uh, mixed. Um, there is a little bit of bias. I completely appreciate what uh, the guys have been trying to do, the guys and gals, even though I always use guys uh, without gender. There's no gender bias in my guys. Anyway, whatever. Um but you know, I'm not uh, not sort of shy to kind of say how I feel about this stuff. Um, but as a whole, I'm a massive Star Wars fan. Tintin, perhaps slightly less so, but he's passionate enough about the films that I think we can have an interesting discussion. Um, and you might hear some different viewpoints. Now, look, we're not here to you know trigger anybody or anything. Um, so you know, opinions are just that opinions. But uh, opinions so of my own. Exactly. So with that said, um, let's let's bosh straight into it. Okay, Tin, I've got a little bit of a structure, yeah. Um, a teeny bit. Um, which I've shared with you, and I'll share with everybody yeah. else. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the OT to give people some perspective. I just turned forty-four, so I was born in seventy-seven. Uh, when the first film came out, but I, Baby. yeah, I, I was literally um, a newborn <laughs> at the, well, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, May it came out May, right? So I would have been about five months old or whatever. Five, six, it was one of the um, the starters of the uh, summer blockbusters. Yeah, that yeah. started with Jaws. Yeah, before, yeah. Jaws, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, God, you know, I'm sure, I, mate. well, that's just it. I'm trying to establish our <laughs> ages here, so. So, Tin Man, how old were you in 77 when Star Wars I, June of summer, I would have been nine years old. Wow, okay. You are old as shiz. <laughs> People can't see, he just stuck his fingers up at me. Look, we're a clean show now, okay? I'm going to edit out that uh, that SHIT that I dropped earlier. Um, okay, so you were nine. That's wicked. I'm kind of envious actually, I was because... I was actually I was actually I was I remember actually lining up in the queue to see Star Wars. Incredible. I saw it twice in a cinema. Did you really Yeah I was I was just I was just about to ask you, so you weren't there when it first came out. So no. when was the first time you saw it then? Um I would it must have, have been seen like it. TV then. Sorry, say that again. It would have been T V. It would have been T V then, Yeah, it? yeah. I <clears throat> I mean I can't remember, unfortunately, exactly when, but it was a um it was a Christmas staple in the UK. Right? So every Christmas Ooh. Star Wars would come on uh, on T V. <coughs> and I have a recording of it actually, so I am gonna I am gonna try and share that somehow and do a commentary on the VHS as soon as I digitize it. Well I need to find the VHS first, but Ooh. uh yeah, it would have been on T V. Um and not even rented. I think I would have watched, you know, an ITV version of it. Uh, well, what was it called back then? Not yeah. ITV, whatever it was called, you know. Um, channel 3, basically, the third the third channel. And back then there were only four terrestrial. It was ITV. Was it still ITV? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was ITV. I mean, um, Thames I, Television. I, 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 
No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't actually live in London at the time. I lived outside London, so it was still ITV. I mean, uh, uh, regional ITV. Yeah, okay. but they they should they should have same broadcast apart from minor uh, yeah. programming here yeah, and yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, that would be. I think the first time I showed it on TV that would be in like three years after the release. That would be on nineteen eighty then. Yeah, I, I think Christmas nineteen eighty. Yeah, probably. Um, and if anybody knows specifically, uh, I'd be interested to hear. So do do get in touch if you do know specifically. But yeah, it would have been round about that time, I suppose. Um, mm. To be honest, as a three year old, I don't. I have some very specific memories from being three. Uh, and unfortunately, Star Wars isn't one of them. So I probably saw it even later than that. Um, so maybe I'd say hazard a guess at four or five. My earliest memory of Star Wars uh, is seeing Return of the Jedi in the cinema in '83. Wow, so, yeah. yeah, so I hadn't even, and I think that may have been my first, that and Superman 3 may have been my first experience of the cinema. So I, I kind of feel like I went, I got to it a little late, actually, because my son, who is um, going to turn four in a few months, he's already been to the Ooh. cinema like two or three times. And actually his Oh, cousins, they're spoiled. They're, these kids in here nowadays, they yeah. don't know the struggle. Exactly, man. They don't. I mean, everything's instant. Everything's streamed. Yeah. Back in the day, we actually have ticket stubs. Ticket stubs. Paper, um, paper Exactly. And in the in the UK, we had to wait at least a year, if not longer, for American releases for Hollywood stuff. Right. So. Oh no! I mean, uh, this was the um, this was the start of the blockbusters. Like I said, the yeah. blockbusters started in 1976 with Jaws, and that became like a mainstay uh, afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Star Wars was the next one to come along the yeah. year after, and uh, um, and I think it was around the same time Greece came out as well, around the same summer. Yeah, yeah. And that was a big thing. It just hit the cinemas, and it was it just changed the landscape as we knew it. Not Greece, obviously. Uh, Star Wars. Well, I'm talking about blockbusters. I'm talking about summer blockbusters. What did did we used to do before summer blockbusters? Just lying around the park wishing for PlayStation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I wish Sony would just make PlayStation. Well, my friend, I wasn't doing anything because I was just a twinkle in my dad's eye at the time, right? So uh, I have no no clue. (laughs) God, you are such a baby. Oh, you, you, you don't you don't you don't remember the drought we had? No, or just basically lounging around in the sun, doing nothing around summer times. God, wishing so... somebody just invent the bloody internet. Yeah, it's true. Hurry up, um, the British guy who because it's a, it was a dual effort, right? Who is the internet was in the World Wide Web was invented by that British dude, and then something else was invented well, by in- some other guy. Well, if you want to go America. into a different tangent, the internet, well, the internet was already there in the infancy. Uh, created yeah. by the American military, yeah. Uh, uh, as a as a network for for, for no, the um, eventual World War Three, right? Because the, the internet, the, the... what it does. I mean, uh, as you know, the internet basically it's it's like a web. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, oh, no, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you destroy one part, the one part of the web. The other part compensates. That's why. Yeah, and of course, so. somebody came along in the uh, in the mid eighties or so, or the yeah. late late eighties, and they it became you know what we know it is now. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not quite what what it is now because I <laughs> no, remember. No, 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 in the, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, talking about back in the day with regarding the actual Star Wars, like I said, it hit us. It completely came out of nowhere. 
Yeah. Um, I remember they had to um, the the hubbub. It was basically a couple of weeks before you actually released in this country, so um, it was it was big big news. As a kid, as a sci-fi nut, even yeah. then I knew I was a big sci-fi fan. Well, knew, where did you hear about thing. it? How did you know about it? Where did you hear about I mean, it? Magazines. I think I heard, well, not so much magazines. I think it's to do like TV and the news. I mean, okay. um, we had yeah, we had a radio rental TV. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I know this is like yeah. um this was like I think like a couple of weeks before you get released in this country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean back in the uh, back then everything gets released elsewhere before we get it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying, right? We would be lucky if we got I mean, something at some time. Before then, uh, whenever we see like starships on TV shows, whatnot, mm. you can you can always tell the models, and then when the trailer for Star Wars hit, it was like, these are models. These this are amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. But if, I mean, if you look at all the all the old vintage uh, shows and TV series, when you see like a starship going through space, there's always like a black outline. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. think that's From how it's meant to be, and then we yeah. see, yeah, and then we see Star Wars, and we say this is just blows you out of the water. Mm. The effect alone yeah. is incredible. So that's an interesting point you make about the compositing, right? So the reason, do you know why? Um, so that happens. You'll notice the black line. Um, it's almost like a cutout, right? And you'll notice that when it's set against a lighter background. So what? Yeah. So by the time Empire Strikes Back came out and the Hoth stuff was shot, um, those composite uh, black lines, the outline, was really visible. So what they had to do was turn down uh, the opacity. Right. So if you look oh, at if you can find an original, you know, find your old dig out your old VHSs from the 80s themselves. OK, none of the anything pre um, 1990 or 91, because uh, Lucasfilm, they, they no, he did uh, the, um, he did a, you know, he did a tinker, uh, tinkering around no, no, uh, before, the, before the prequel came out. No, 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 no. So this is pre no, this is pre special editions in 97. Okay, this oh, is right, before okay, he yeah. added all those, um, the digital effects and stuff, which was yeah. always meant to be just like a bit of a, uh, a tester to see if they could pull off, um, the prequels. Well, yeah, then then they just age it now. It, you can actually, it, it just, uh, it just aged it so badly. Maybe. Well, we'll come to that. We'll come to that because what yeah. we're going to do, like I said before, at the top of the uh, show, we're going to talk about the original trilogy and our, um, which we're doing already. Sorry, I'm kind of going backwards a bit here, but we're going to talk about the original trilogy and our fondest memories, um, likes, dislikes, things like that. Then we'll move on to the prequels. Uh, and then we'll move on to the sequels and, and we'll talk about all the things in between, you know, along that sort of journey. So we're, just, we're starting back in the 70s. And we're gonna chart our journey um, through Star Wars, through childhood and adulthood, you know, together because they've they've come with us, you know. Um, but yeah, sorry, no. So that um, we'll come to all that stuff. But yeah, basically, in in uh, Empire, in the he, so there were there were basically he remastered Lucasfilm remastered those original negatives because they were fading, and uh, so there was a VHS set released, which was I remember. Yeah, which was whatever the latest version of those films were at that point in like 89, 90 or whatever it was. Okay, I, and I've got that set somewhere at home. I'll try and fish out the um, fish him out so I can check the date. But it was something like 1990. And they remastered... I remember having this. I think I remember having this conversation with you as well because I was actually saying to you after I watched Rogue One, 
Mm. I was actually desperate to see an original like uh, theatre release, not the special editions yeah. of Star Wars: A New Hope. Right. And you so, can't find it for. No, you and you won't. I think that um, what people might not realize is that the version that came to um, the home, even that was different to the original theatrical release, that first run. And back then, in those days at least, you would have multiple releases of the same film. So every year. I think less so in uh, the UK, if at all. But I remember in the US, um, that was a oh, thing. really? Yeah. So basically, they would then... I think they re-released um, Star Wars Episode Four. Okay, which Jeez. initially, obviously, was just called Star Wars. But the, just I was before, about to say, it wasn't yeah. before No, it, was it actually, wasn't. Uh, it was just Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. And then it just went into yeah. the core. Um, but before um, Empire Strikes Back came out, uh, Lucas tinkered with it. He added the episodic thing, right? Which obviously <laughs> makes it a bit more interesting. There's a bit more intrigue. You kind of realize you are coming into this thing sort of halfway through it or whatever. Um, I mean, I can did... tell you when I first found out, I thought, wait a minute, did yeah. I miss something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. We're like, wait, four? You? Wait a minute, four? Yeah, exactly. It's, it... But it's genius. <laughs> You know, all he all he did really was take um, the old writing trope. Uh, so when you're writing for screen, just took that uh, trope of um, uh, not trope, sorry, but it's it's almost it's kind of like a cliche, really, where you uh, enter late and leave early, mm-hmm. which means nobody wants to see your protagonist wake up in the morning, brush their teeth have a shower, put their clothes on, and then get to where the action is going to happen, say, in their office. So you just jump right into the action of the action. Yeah, 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 yeah. So go straight into, yeah. The saga, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And in the same sense, you leave a sequence or the story a little early. Um, Which is true. Yeah, like you don't need to show everything. Yeah, I remember when I first saw it, I mean, the universe, what we saw in Star Wars, the first, or when I first saw it as a kid, you can yeah. tell it's actually a very, very much lived in, very, very used. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dirt, a little grime. Yeah, compared and to you the Flash. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, 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 <laughs> when I say Flash, uh, I didn't actually mean Flash Gordon, but yeah, but um, the, the the gloss and the veneer. Yeah, nothing was, nothing was, I mean, yeah. Yeah, nothing was gleaming. You can tell everything yeah. was actually aged yeah, organically. Yeah. yeah, I mean things like where 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 Luke lived, that little moisture moisture farm. It's yeah. actually looked lived in. Yeah, you can tell he's been there for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it wasn't just it wasn't just created for the movie. You can tell. Oh my God, it's actually crumbling. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, yeah. It, the, the, you can't. One thing you can't fault about any of these films is the attention to detail and like the set yeah. design. Yeah, and that's why you kind of sucks you in because of total immersion into yeah. that universe. Yeah, exactly. Um, because it, 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 there's relatability there. Do you know what I mean? If you yeah. see scuffed stuff or like clothes with a bit of thread hanging out or you know whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. This is I buy. I buy this. I believe it. But um. Yeah, so sorry, just talking about that composite stuff. You, if you, okay, so if you just try and go back, find an older version, pre Laserdisc, pre remaster, um, you will see that in the cockpit of those snow speeders, you can actually see through them. I remember, I remember there was a documentary on the BBC Two back in the eighties about that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yes, I think no, but um, yeah, because um, the the actual shading on different uh, different composites is actually slightly different. One is mm. actually slightly darker. One is mm. slightly more opaque. 
Mm. But the thing is, at the time, we don't... You don't we, notice. We, we, yeah, we just let it slide because the story was what actually counted. You, yeah. you, get, you get driven along by the story. You don't have to, not like these days, you actually pull up, you pick it apart. Yeah, yeah. But back then, we, we don't, you have to remember back then we didn't have the internet. We yeah. didn't have the, uh, once, you, once you've seen it, you've seen it. Yeah. You won't be able to see it again until it comes out on VHS, which is about, about another five, six years down the line in the future. Yeah, yeah if, you're, if you're in the UK, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Or unless you went to the video shop and paid about £70. Uh, yeah. For uh, you know, that's um, what I mean. I say, I yeah, that's what I mean. When I say that, like kids nowadays, they don't know the struggle. Yeah, man, they don't. They don't. Pirate if they want, to pick it apart. Just go to YouTube. You get you get masses of channels that you pick apart certain scenes or certain movies, whatnot. Yeah. You don't actually get that luxury back then. No, you didn't. I mean, and like it's funny you should talk about like uh, how I don't know. Maybe the audiences are just a bit more sophisticated these days as well, where they just pick up on things and details like may like i never noticed that until it was brought to my attention that oh that cockpit is slightly opaque so mm. when it's flying and you can see the attat in the background you can actually see it through the cockpit slightly i never noticed that's because that. we've been well it's because our modern living we've been trained to 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 notice that nowadays yeah we weren't back then we, we didn't know any better no but what well, you say that right so okay here's a good example of um a a cock up in in a modern Star Wars film in the Last Jedi, and we will get to this later. But uh, you know how I feel about that movie. I know, I know, and, and, and save it, save it, save the rage. Um, the the, <laughs> the rage. throne room, the throne room do a uh, battle. I don't know what you call it. Cause it's not a lightsaber duel, um, but the fight with those Praetorian guards, the the Roman mm-hmm. guard things. Uh, you know, one of them splits his weapon into two blades and right. i'm sure if you're a star wars fan you know this and halfway through that fight uh with ray the blade the second blade which would have been free and he could have used to just shank her disappears so they've obviously oh. noticed that in editing when they're going frame by frame and uh tidying up and they realize oh oh crap there's a really massive um choreography issue here that's what that is yeah it's a choreography continuity maybe no so choreography in terms of them not realizing at the time that actually my hand is free i could stab her and just saying is, oh don't worry about weird. it well, which is kind of weird because such a big fight they would actually choreograph that like for it, months they would yeah and they did and it was extremely complicated well i don't know if it's months or not don't quote me on that but i know that it would have there would have been a lot of work that went into it well weeks but, um, at least anyway weeks weeks yeah i mean you would have thought you would have thought somebody would have to came up and said wait a minute um i've got free hands here yeah and, <laughs> <I'm just actor. laughs> yeah exactly and i think what probably happened in the heat of it was like oh don't worry there's so much chaos nobody will notice um now i didn't notice when i saw that film in the cinema and that i i've only seen it once in the cinema and then once, maybe twice at home, I can't remember. But um, I never noticed that. I never noticed that thing. But now, I cannot only not... ever see. I've only ever seen that movie once, as you know. Okay, so did you notice that? Did you notice that the no, blade no. disappears? No. Okay, there you go. No, but, no. Um, but there were this... there were there were far too many movements on the screen at the same time. Exactly. So I think what the filmmakers were probably hoping for is that nobody will notice. But as you say, these days people just have 
I, th- I do think audiences are probably a lot more sophisticated than we give them credit for. Obviously, technology is there as well, right? And you get these people who sort of go through this stuff frame by frame. You know, mm-hmm. they really try and analyze and break it down. So mm-hmm. they, they catch it, right? And then you get all the YouTube videos and, and you get stuff like... Yeah. Uh, well, what, what we say, I mean, uh, we get spoiled nowadays. We get spoiled. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, I don't know. When you're caught up in the action of something and the movement, and as you say, the story is sweeping you along, you don't really notice this stuff. But um, Because, I mean, like I said, I just going back to what you just said, mm. I mean, when you first watch these movies as a kid, mm. I mean, I did anyway, to the cinema, uh, it's it's basically uh, unless you pay for a second ticket, it's a one-off. There is no yeah. repeat viewing like you do, like rewind digitally or whatnot. Mm. You don't you don't get that. So it's very very hard for you to actually notice these things uh, when you first view it in the cinema. In the moment, it's yeah. only later on when uh, like like TV specials that comes on, saying like special effects of the Hollywood, and they actually tell you about the actual process. That's when you find out how it's made, and mm. that's when you find out about the actual um, limitations of the. Uh, the technology at the time. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, and I mean, you have to remember. Yeah, back in the then, I mean, these are all practical effect, uh, yeah, practical effects. I mean, unlike digital, where you can actually finesse it to the to the minute point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can tinker away at it, and that you you bring up a valid point. And if you were making that comparison between the technical issues with, say, Empire Strikes Back and the technical issues with Last Jedi, both the second parts of their respective trilogies um with empire strikes back that was a limitation of the technology with last jedi is just objectively bad work it's an oversight right um the fight choreographer should have picked up on that the guy who is holding that knife should have said do you know what guys this isn't working because my hand is free i could just stab her and so they've obviously thought okay well we'll just We'll just lose that knife because it's so right there up front in the frame. It's so obvious. Do you think? Do you think it may be the um, the mood of the actual um, the actual production team at the time, especially with the director? Mm. I mean, I I, I read and I, I heard a lot of stuff about Ryan Johnson mm. on set. Maybe he was actually running the set with a bit of an iron fist, so anybody's just scared to speak up. Maybe um... I don't know. I, I have no idea. I couldn't comment on that. Um, no, nor can no, I. I, ha- I mean, no, I, I can only say what I've read. I mean, these are basically third, third, third-hand yeah. perspectives. I well, mean, okay. I mean, um, those were those those were kind of kind of like strange, interesting oversights, just to say. Yeah. Um, look, uh, you know. Okay. Yes, I, I I know people who've worked on that film i never visited set but i was there at the rap party um i i've seen Be the careful. energy yeah no no it's fine uh no i you know I, I, you know what's gonna happen jesus i'm not slagging anybody off there's no um you know nobody's gonna do i mean i can say whatever i want because i'm yeah. not connected to the industry yeah yeah that's fine i mean so can i i don't like this whole idea when people are too sort of um what would you, what's the expression when you're walking on treading on glass or whatever it is or eggshells sorry yeah and the two eggshells sort of, egg yeah, yeah and too paranoid about saying something about anything um you know in case it hurts their career or whatever i mean i i don't know i don't care um it's not about that uh i'm i don't consider myself to be a mean person so i'm not gonna say anything i mean nothing negative really has happened um i had an interesting 
uh, interaction with Ryan Johnson, which I remember at the time left me feeling uh, not good. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and, and it had nothing to do with the story or anything. I was just kind of pumped off. But it was at the end of the night from his perspective. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, from his perspective, uh, we were all leaving. I mean, Artie and I were waiting for our car. Um, I think they must. Maybe you could. Uh, maybe you could actually tell me off uh, offline later. Or... Yeah, maybe, no, no. I'm happy to say it now. I mean, he, he. I basically, essentially, I felt like I'd been palmed off. So we were in the middle of a discussion and stuff. We, you know, we we just taking pictures and stuff. And he he apologized to Artie for not having, um, ma you know, as much maz in the film as uh, they mm. would have liked. I mean, at the time, I you know, I had no idea of plot. Um, I don't think my friends really would have, or anybody I know would have known too much about plot at that point either. And none of that stuff is discussed at this stage. You've got to remember this happens about a year, year or so before the film's release, right? So they they mm. kind of you know fresh off of filming and are about to go into post production. So mm. you know none of that kind of stuff is out there. All you know is that you're just everybody's just excited that they've just completed this you know project and. And obviously everybody has high hopes and they all want everything to be great. Nobody, you know, it's this idea that nobody sets out to make a bad film, right? Or maybe True. some people do. Maybe some people do, but not at this level because the risk is too high, right? You're talking about hundreds of millions of... Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of grinding on it, I know, because it's yeah. basically they have to prove the point yeah. of Disney actually taking up uh, the actual reign of the uh, the franchise. Yeah, exactly. There's that as well. That's, you know, specifically to that film. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, they've got a, because The Force Awakens, remember, regardless of how one feels about that film, um, was a massive success. It was huge, you know, over a billion well, dollars. Well, so was, so was, the, uh, so was the, the Last Jedi. The, the Last Jedi, I mean, gross, quite, it, it was the biggest opening, the, the biggest opening of that year. Uh, yeah, but I the think actual, the opening, uh, but not overall gross, though. No, well, the, uh, if I remember correctly, the second week, the actual uh, profit actually went down yeah. over 70%. Yeah, 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 exactly. So overall gross, it did suffer um, quite badly just because people didn't like the story. The um, word of mouth. The yeah. word of mouth. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's exactly that. But, you know, and that must have been heartbreaking for the people that were involved. But, um, okay, so you're asking, well, we could talk about this later, but I guess while it, we're here, one thing I'll tell you, okay, in terms of in terms of Ryan Johnson, he came onto the stage at the rap party. I'll describe a couple of things. Um, he came onto the stage at the rap party with uh, Ram Bergman, or Ram Bergman, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but Ram is a Hindu god, as people probably know, so I just like Ram. Um, and, well, I think Kathleen Kennedy introduced them, as she always does. So there's always like this, sort of halfway through the night, they do a you know a talk. They go onto the stage or whatever, and they, and they give a little speech. They give their little speeches. And... Um, Johnson came on and, uh, you know, big grin and stuff, of course, naturally. And he said uh, to everybody, we're all sort of packed, uh, you know, the, the natural, uh, not natural history. Yeah, this was natural history museum. Um, Force Awakens Rap Party was the science museum. Uh, and he said, hey, guys, I think we just made a Star Wars movie. And, you know, and everybody cheered. And, you know, the energy was really, really high. You know, it's great. And you get mm. swept up in it. You're like, oh, fantastic. You know, we're congratulating everybody and stuff. Um, and yeah, and then sort of at the end of the night, because uh, everybody's just milling around, you know, it's a social thing, right? It's not some, mm. it's not like a comic convention or where you've got these autograph hunters bloody, you know, chasing people down the street. You're just kind of there. You're all it's part of the same experience, and there's a certain sort of uh, 
certainly a respect between the people who've all worked on it, whether you're from catering, you know, craft or whatever, uh, or mm. or whether you're, you know, um, wardrobe or anything like that. Uh, notably, uh, extras don't get invited to these things. Background people don't get invited to these things. Um, and I was only there by, you know, the good graces of Arti, right? I was a plus one. Um, so you, you get people like me who are on the outside looking in and, and you still get swept up in it and you, you know, you, you, yeah, you congratulate everybody and you think this is going to be great. And then, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's some stuff that I am privy to. Like I knew that Arti hadn't done anything on Maz. Now at that stage, I thought, well, perhaps the technology's moved on much like it did with Rocket Raccoon. For example, in volume two, there was no scale um, onset rocket. There was no movement reference. Uh, it was only Sean Gunn crouching down for some of the stuff, but the majority of that film was made using Stuffy. And I saw it. You know, I was on set. We were in Atlanta. We went up to see uh, um, James Gunn and stuff. And we, you know, I saw some of the scenes. I saw the woodland scene where Rocket takes all the ravages out. Um, mm-hmm. Saw that being shot. So, you know, the te- and the tech had moved on. And I said to you know, I'd, not that Artie was too phased by it because she had a lot of other stuff going on anyway. But I did. I felt like I should say to her, well, you know, look at it. The tech has moved on, so don't f- try not to feel bad about it. And she's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm fine. She's a consummate professional. And in the same way, uh, she wasn't offended by uh, not doing Maz this time. And I'd heard that Lupita had only gone in for a short period and had literally just done mocap stuff in front of a screen, which is all the jumping around and bouncing around. If you remember the uh, the scene, you know, with Maz, it's, it's pretty... It was odd, actually. I found, I found it a little out of character, very different to what JJ had established in Force Awakens. So that kind of yeah, I was gonna say something about that. Yeah, say to all. Yeah, um, and and you know, we will we will get to that. But um, so you know, uh, Johnson was like really apologetic to Artie, and it was really sweet. He was like, "I'm so sorry that there wasn't um, you know, that much Maz and stuff." But you know, Artie had this new character that she'd done this blue alien thing in the Cantabite sequence. Well, I didn't know it was Cantabite at the time, but you know, I knew she'd done a couple of creatures and stuff and you know she'd had fun and whatnot um and then i was talking to him to johnson about some stuff i can't remember exactly what it was now but just film in general and whatnot um i was trying to talk about looper because i'm not overly uh overly familiar with his stuff but after a short while he kind of he kind of palmed me off to one of his, uh, I can only call them entourage. I have no idea who these guys are. Quite frankly, well, I don't give... sorry. Maybe he's an assistant. Maybe I, I don't know. Uh, I don't. Yeah, maybe I, I don't know. I don't really care either, to so be honest. The... But like, I, so I don't know who long... they were. So how long was the conversation between you and Ryan Johnson then? Mm. Did you try hazard a guess? Maybe like two, three minutes, maybe. More? No, 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 no. It was longer than that. We were there for about ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If, yeah. Um, but you know, bear in mind it was the end of the night. We'd all had a drink and stuff, so yeah, I'm a bit fuzzy. But um, I just remember, you know, people will often tell you that you don't remember specifics about something, but you always sort of remember or take away how you felt. Yeah, or how you know you have a conversation with somebody, you'll remember. You may not remember the specifics of that conversation years down the line, but you'll remember how the feeling lingers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, I take it that the, the the feeling that he left it wasn't that great then. No, it was not. It was not. Um, I'm, I'm it wasn't sorry. at all. No, and uh, but whether that was intentional or not, who knows, right? Um, 
but he did palm me off to some random guy and said oh this guy's quite a good filmmaker as well and it kind of tried to make it out as though oh go talk to this guy and i'm like and then okay. <laughs> just like batman turn around ron johnson's gone <laughs> oh how does he do that um no it wasn't quite like <laughs> that because actually do you know what i am going to say this and this is not me trying to uh say facebook i don't know what the term is but basically our car okay arrived. be careful be careful okay no no it's, it's okay um our car arrived arthur and i's car arrived um it was like a, you know not uber i don't think but it was a cab you know and this guy was waiting for us outside of the fence so i was like okay we gotta go so i think i think we shot off before he did right so uh, at least <laughs> i've got that at least I left that. <laughs> but um, so basically, so you had the last word. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, if I, had a, I don't know. If I had the last word. You had a word. I'm going. You slam yeah. the door. <laughs> yeah. Well, sir, I bid you adieu. <laughs> no, um, no, I don't know what happened because I didn't really get to. I didn't speak to that other guy. Uh, it was some young. He's an English dude, actually. I think. Did he have an English accent? I don't know. I well, well, all I remember about that night was basically you sent me a. I think you sent me a video of mm-hmm. all the actual laser uh, laser um, pictures scrolling across the actual ceiling of the uh, of the uh, museum. Oh, yeah, maybe. Did, was the space bear thing? Was there a panda? Yes, because there's a, there's panda. a panda. There was a panda. Yeah, and you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, it wasn't. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> says, I was. Did you get? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No. Look. Hang on. That's okay. Before people who are listening to this and you uh, start judging me, um, I don't remember sending that. But maybe not on the night. I might have sent it like the next day or something. But the reason for that is because your handle back in the day and your email address, was, yeah, was pan. You, there was some weird panda thing going on. Uh, you are yes. Chinese, so perhaps people you know, that <gasps> might help. Well, you know, China pandas. <laughs> So and and yeah and they had this project they were projecting so the the code name for the film uh was Space Bear which I don't know I don't know No get it really that. Yeah what the fuck is I Space no Bear idea. seriously What is that What the hell What oh so no you don't idea. know No I don't know either man Ooh. It's like Solo was called Red Cup and you got all these Brits getting excited about the term Red Cup like why are you excited The Red Cup the red plastic drinking cup was never a thing in the UK why are you excited about this thing being called Red Cup? It's meaningless to you, literally. But I don't know, man. I don't. Okay, no, I'm Red Cup. You mean you? Are you talking about those plastic Red Cup the Americans that seem to drink yes. out of all time? Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, what the hell has that got to do with England? Why is some British guy getting all excited about a Red Cup? I I just don't get it, man. Like, I know because I've spent a lot of time in the U.S. I studied there. I've lived there. I'm a half of my family's out there, uh, so I'm familiar. Why are you familiar with it? Why are you so excited? Like it's oh fuck it. Anyway, sorry. And I now I am. Sorry. We're going a complete different tangent. Yeah, 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 there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm just moaning Stop about like Stop your rant. <laughs> yeah, ranting about completely idiotic stuff. Um, yeah, no, no. So that was my experience with Ryan Johnson. So I felt yeah, I felt a bit sort of like ugh. Oh, that's a shame. Um, but then I have to say all the all the hate and everything that started coming. Um. I don't think it was deserving of that. Did he make a good film? I objectively, I do not believe he did. I think he made a, um, no. a very bad film, actually, story wise. Story wise, he made a film, but he made a film. They slapped the label Star Wars on it, basically. That's how I see it. Hmm. It wasn't the character I didn't recognize at all. Yeah, uh, especially he, he re- Luke Skywalker. 
Yeah, he remade that episode of Battlestar Galactica and stuck the Star Wars label on it and had some <laughs> characters in there that shared the same. I name. remember. I remember at that time. I think I can't remember whether it was actually Ryan Johnson or the Kathleen Kennedy actually said mm. they made a film. They wanted to divert expectations. Subvert expectations. Yeah, that's. With it, um... with it, yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, you so and so. We waited. We waited three years just to just to hear Luke Skywalker with the first first words and it wasn't what we expected and no, they yeah. did exactly what they did but yeah. it wasn't to my liking no i know and it wasn't to the liking of a lot of people but um i mean look subverting one's expectations uh i don't think that was a kathleen kennedy thing i think that was a ryan johnson thing although i the ryan johnson yeah but i don't think i've heard i don't think i've seen footage of him saying that um so I, 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 mean, know, I, I can't remember where that came from. I mean, that was that was the actual bus phrase uh, going through. But yeah. was, it, was it three years ago when it when it first? Not, yeah, two thousand seventeen. I remember. I remember coming out of the cinema at the time. Uh, I was uh, two, with two friends uh, for the months beforehand before the release. Me and my friends, uh, I was actually sub chance subjecting them to the, the whole trilogy from the prequel mm. up until the uh, the Force Awakens mm-hmm. and preparing them to watch this movie. Yeah, so I remember coming out of the. Uh, I told you this before. Coming out of cinema, I just turned around. I apologized to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that's exactly what happened. Oh my I, goodness! I was, I was, I was shocked. So they weren't when Star Wars said, fans. They, they weren't they Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay, but they and they the, didn't like it. Oh, actually, actually don't, I don't actually know what they actually liked or not. Um, because um, I remember was my feelings at the time. I mm. was. Uh, I probably was actually quite ashen. My face was quite ashen. I was actually—I think mm. I must have been pale because I yeah. was totally shocked by yeah. the treatment of, of especially Luke, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I was—I yeah, yeah, yeah. was very, very shocked. I mean, that yeah. wasn't the Luke Skywalker I knew. I mean, I, at the time, I remember at the time I'm trying to justify because I was a big, big Star Wars fan. Mm. I tried to justify to myself saying, "Well, he has been like—he's an older man now. I mean, mm. you're not going to be the same person as you were as a younger person." No. And that went on for like weeks, maybe months. And yeah, I thought, you know what, stuff it. That was a really <laughs> bad movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, yeah, and I, yeah. I, I think I think I went through the stages of like denial. <laughs> <laughs> you need <a> counselling <laughs> therapy. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was. I'm not. It, it, it sounds really weird with anybody else's hearing who's not actually a Star Wars fan. And mm. I, I was a Star Wars fan from the beginning when I was a mm. tender age of nine, and um. It was a bit of a shock to see one of your most beloved. Okay, people like it's characters like Luke Skywalker, they're like almost family. Hmm. It's, a, it's a strange thing to say, but they are almost like family. Yeah, so you when you see your family. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I had the action figures come on, and um, to see them being treated the way they were, I mean, like, it was, it was, it was, um, it was a shock. It was a, um, it was a, it was, it was like mm-hmm. finding out you have a murderer in the, in the family, basically. You know what I mean? That kind of <laughs> well, that is extreme. I haven't heard that before, that but extreme, okay. Yeah. Whoa, you well, poor I baby. Remember, oh, um, my God. I remember halfway through the movie, there's, there's one particular scene that actually broke... There's one particular scene that broke me out of the actual... The whole, oh, it um, took you out of it, did it? Well, uh, there, there was one particular scene in the movie mm-hmm. that actually took me out of the story entirely. I'm not talking about the whole cancer bite uh, stuff. Mm. Uh, the scene where um, uh, Leia's um, 
got blown out into space. <laughs> so you remember I'm this? Uh, love, yeah, the Mary Poppins, yeah. the space Poppins or whatever. Yes. See, and um, she used the force in the vacuum of space like a bloody witch going back into the starship. Yeah. And what I could, I could, what I could hear, what I could hear was in my head was Han Solo's words saying, "That's not how the force works." <laughs> That's what I can hear in my head. Yeah. Uh, that took me out of the story entirely. And yeah. I and I actually suppressed the laugh. I actually I, I remember I actually suppressed yeah. the laugh as in this is not real. Come on. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean I, I can see I can see where I can see where the narrative is going. They're trying to expand on the actual usage of this law, um, yeah. yeah. And um the execution left much to be uh, desired because the scene of her flying through space, all she needed was a broom. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say. It is a terrible thing to say. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah Mary Poppins, Leia Poppins. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I came out of the cinema and I'm not even kidding, I'm not even joking. The thing is, I wish I was joking, but I came out of cinema, the local cinema, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, Came out of cinema. I turned around. And I said, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> but see, look, so Tintin, sorry. This is the what I wanted. The point I wanted to make earlier was that um, perhaps like what I was trying to get at um, as whether they're your friends were Star Wars fans or not. Like perhaps they didn't see it as a bad film. Maybe they enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, they probably did. I mean, yeah. um, they weren't they weren't Star Wars fans. They just saw it as a uh, as a movie. Yeah. I mean, we actually saw uh, again. We actually saw the uh, the next one, which is the uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker. I mean, yeah, they took it in a stride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for yeah. me, I mean, for me, I'm gonna. I'm I, as you know, yeah. I, I even have a lightsaber. I, yeah. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so uh, it, hit, it hit me quite hard. It was actually yeah. quite a traumatic experience, and that's one of the reasons I have. No, see, you, you laugh. I'm laughing because you have to. Otherwise, we will be sat here crying. I've only ever seen that movie once, and that's the um, that's the only time I saw it in the cinema. I refuse to see it ever uh, again. I think it was actually shown in, um, over Christmas, wasn't it, on TV? I, but I, I I didn't maybe, watch it. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it because um, I refused to watch it because it was just so traumatic. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look. Right, I, went I, mean, into, I went into counselling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Um. Yeah. We're we're the strain on the NHS. Um. Okay, I'll, I'll share some. Uh, I'll share some of my genuine uh, feelings about that film, um, and uh, it may be much to the chagrin of some people that I know, but it's fine. You know, it's, it's some... before you say anything, did you say that Archie didn't actually have much scenes in it, or did she? Did she not film anything at all? No, she, no, no. She, she did. Yeah, she did a few weeks of work on it. Um, no, she did. She did work on it. Yeah, uh, just no, no Maz Kanada stuff. So uh, I anybody who's because Maz Kanada, yeah. I think it was one of those situations whereby you blink and you miss her. I think she yeah. was actually like on a monitor screen or something, and that was it. Yeah, she was gone. a <clears throat> she was a hologram, um, sort of. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, woefully sort of. Tell him to go was... to Canterbury to see this the hacker or something. Yeah, yeah. So she gave the um, she gave Finn and. Um, roads that lead on um, where to go to. I don't I see Jesus. I can't remember why they had to go to Canterbury. What What was that guy going to give him? What was that? Um... Uh, basically, they went to kind of Canterbury because apparently they need to find this guy with a with a with a, with a brooch or something. 
Yeah, he was uh, going to be wearing some kind of lapel, you know, like a poppy. Something, or whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, but instead, he, they, they got arrested and they met another person in, in jail. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah, the parody I mean, of um, Benicia del Toro's um, Usual Suspects character, right? Because his Usual Suspects oh, that, character. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his his character in Usual Suspects had a stutter, so they just gave him a stutter. And I suppose from the filmmaker's point of view, that's a fun little in joke. Uh, but it and and it's a nice little character trait. But like, why? But I, there anyway. were there were a lot of there were, there were a lot of things in the narrative that did not work in yeah. the established in, I, in the established uh, law. The whole yeah. franchise. It just I did agree. Not work. I agree um, wholeheartedly. Um, so I will be honest, actually. Okay, so uh, you were asking about Arti, um, my wife, if you're just tuning in. So my wife is, uh, uh, she's an actress, a creature performer. She's done all the Star Wars films, except for Solo, because we were having baby. Basically, what happened was actually she, she did the test week on Christopher Robin. Originally, they were going to do um, mocap for all of the, uh, you know, for Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and all of those guys. Right, so she went in, and she was meant to do play all of those characters. So she did a a whole week with the director and a small crew, and they went out into the countryside, and she was doing all of the movement and everything. Um, and it just, you know, it it was a bit too strenuous on her body because you know she'd only recently given birth and stuff. Um, and mm. so when they called asking her to come onto solo, as much as it broke her heart, she had to decline them because. Uh, her body was suffering basically um you know and, and that, that's fine i mean any any woman who's been through childbirth uh will will understand this and probably attest to it that you, know, you can't be doing such physical uh physical work uh well you can some people can maybe but you know um, it just wasn't gonna happen um so she, her maz role she did the motion capture for maz in the force awakens Okay, so that came about after she actually went in to meet with JJ and uh, and uh, that's, for the, yeah. uh, the, uh, that's for the Fourth Awakens, right? Yeah, for the with Fourth JJ, Awakens. JJ, that would be the yeah, Fourth yeah, Awakens. Yeah, and that was like months and months and months of work. Um, a lot mm. of uh, well, or, yeah, it was a lot of work. Um, because she was on that film for a big chunk of twenty fourteen, uh, when they were filming, mm. and. And she did, you know, she had to learn all the, she was doing all the dialogue as well, you know, so it usually pains me when, you know, um, the Oscar winner is the one who gets the, the credit or is always shun, uh, pushed to the limelight and the other people who lent their skills and talents to that character sort of end up taking a bit of a backseat. But Ar- Arthi had a, a massive role, you know, she knew the script, she developed that weird limp thing that Maz has that she actually put a weight oh. she developed a lot of that stuff with Lupita and wow. JJ so it was really the three of them um, you know uh, in a similar way to her Fantastic Beasts character which she didn't even get a credit for um, which is a shame but that's just the way it goes you know it was her and a um, another movement uh, lady uh, called Aretha who I've met actually she's lovely and she she's a singer um, and she was doing singing the dance she she did all that aspect and arty was in the dress of that um blind pig goblin and doing all the you know the dance and the movement and stuff um, but they they sort of don't really get mentioned you know um when it comes to that film in fact the only person i've seen get mentioned is the i think there's an irish lady or somebody who recorded that song so the the final singer you know the 
uh, she she seems to get the credit for being this most mm-hmm. natural person when she she didn't even come into the process until way way down the line, you know. Uh, but anyway, okay, so that's a little moan, another moan. Sorry, it's turning into the Moni podcast. Um, but it's fun. It's, it's a fun. real rant. Yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ra- exactly. The ranting room. I'm. I, I've only got two bottles of bud, so I'm gonna just uh, <laughs> sip this one slowly. But um, okay. So when it comes to the sequels, I guess we're just talking about the sequels now. But we can go back to um OT stuff. You know, it's it's fluid. It's fluid. Mm. It's fine. But um, talking about Last Jedi. So she did have. She had two characters, so she got back into the gonk outfit, which is the basically the walking batteries. Um, so she did that again, and she's been doing that consistently since. Uh, and I think to do solo, they wanted her. I suspect for the, um, I don't know if you remember, but there's that liberation, uh, that sort of droid liberation thing or whatever it was. Oh yes, on um, yeah. Spice Mines of Castle, right? So they, they all had mm-hmm. that weird revolt. I think she was meant to be part of that. Don't quote me on that, but um, I suspect she was probably meant to be part of that because they were quite a way into filming, and I think this was uh, during the Ron Howard portion of that film. That's why I'm sort of thinking, okay, it was probably for... So this was after the uh, director got switched. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so in Lost Jedi, though, she had a couple of characters. She had a brand new alien that was blue and she i remember her fondly telling me about how she developed this weird run so she doesn't describe anything she never tells me really uh, excuse me about if she is privy to plot or anything like that she never mentions any of that stuff she doesn't you know we and and i don't want to know that stuff because as a fan i just want to discover as much of this as i can you know uh in the cinema with the rest of the fans um but sometimes you get little tidbits and it's kind of fun, right? So she, I remember her just saying, well, I'm playing this, there's a new alien that I'm doing as well. Mm. And uh, and, he, and it has to sort of run. So I just did this weird floppy arm run thing. <laughs> and the way she described it, I was like, that's going to be hilarious. I can't wait to see this thing. Um, and Gonk, we knew that she was doing Gonk. So that was, you know, fine. Um, and we see the Gonk, it gets blown up on the resistance, uh, in the resistance hangar. I remember she was visibly uh, shocked when she saw that because obviously when they're filming, they don't know that there's a explosion or she probably wasn't privy to the fact that there's a big explosion because she has somebody in her ear telling her, okay, walk this way, move that way, do this, do that. Um, so she, perhaps she didn't hear it. Maybe uh, the first AD or somebody does shout, okay, and bang, you know, so that the other actors who aren't in suits can react, you know, or do whatever their, whatever their movement is. Um, so she didn't know that, that she was going to get blown up. So she was surprised by that. But, you know, you can see her and she was happy. Was like, yeah, that's cool. But then this new blue alien of hers is in the Canto Bite sequence. And it's during the, um, oh God, what are those space horse things called, those camels? You know, with the big ears. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, the floppy. Uh, yeah, I know yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, bizarre, interesting design. I so, so her character was she was she one of the uh, one of the stable boys or something? No, 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 no. She's one of um. No, 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 not at all. No, no, no. She was she was a creature. So she was in a suit and everything. Mm-hmm. She was all blue. Um, and when those um, I was I keep going to say Rathtar, but they're not the Rathtars. They're it's something similar. There's a th sound for it. The uh, whatever. Anyway, when they're storming through space, space horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
not this, not to be confused with the space horses that we see in in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, let's, call, let's call these guys the space camels. We'll call them camels, right? Because it reminded space me camels. of like the, the the race that they're doing. It reminded me of the camel racing in like Dubai and Abu Dhabi and stuff that they do. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but uh, it's quite it's quite cool. Like I never thought that you would race a camel, but yeah, it happens. Um, so they, they kind of remind me of that. But um, Fathias, Fathias, yeah, I knew there was a T H. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, Fathias. Um, so they're storming through Cantabine, they're trashing everything, and everybody's yeah. like running around, and it's like I'm a representative. You're free. You're free. Yeah, the fall of democracy. The the Fathias are free, but the bloody kids are not. So the slave children remain slave. See, this is oh, another God. little story thing where you're just like, I don't understand. This doesn't make sense. But anyway, uh, so she was meant to be just one of the patrons of the uh, the of Canterbury, just fleeing this, you know, <laughs> this uh, what should have been a massacre, really. I mean, if these things are smashing through windows, don't tell me people didn't get trampled, you know. But um, yeah, and then so this is the Disney yeah, movie. Remember, nothing like that happens. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's easy There's to no forget blood. that it's Disney now. Yeah, no. Although there was, Force Awakens had some pretty good blood scenes. Don't don't forget, Kylo Ren punches his um wound that uh Chewie gave him. Oh, he shot true. him in the midriff, right? And he, and yeah, he punches yeah. that to psych himself up. That was awesome. What a that is awesome. Scene, yeah, fantastic little detail. But um, anyway, anyway. So yeah, she was upset that. Well, I don't know, upset, but she was kind of like, oh man, my, you know, my thing didn't make it. Uh, and I know that feeling when your scene gets cut. I've shot stuff where I've thought, oh, this is fantastic. So many people will tell you this, especially with background artists where they'll get plucked out to do like a little feature thing or whatever. Um, and it'll be like, oh yeah, you're going to, you know, you're going to do this thing. And remember, I'm, I was on Christopher Robin with this older boy, uh, this guy, and he told me that he had to double Mark Hamill's hand in it was either Force Awakens or Last Jedi so he was doubling his hand and they did some kind of uh, they did some tracking shot I think it must have been Last Jedi stuff he wasn't sure and he didn't really care he just remembers that he, he got to do this you know weird thing um, you know with uh, pretending to be Mark Hamill basically not with him I don't I don't believe Hamill was there uh, and you normally wouldn't be if you're doubling this little thing and the whole thing he goes I it's cut you don't see it at all you know there was this he there was some other project he'd worked on and he goes there's this amazing tracking shot that they did with him and so there's no way that this can't make the film and it was never there um so it happens right it happens and you just kind of well these things happen all the time yeah, right? yeah. 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 so you but just accept it, it. It's not, it's not, you know you just have to accept the the disappointment i mean the, the disappointment doesn't actually you can't shut that away I mean, I'm mean, talking about weeks and weeks of work here for Artie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but it's not just her, right? There were loads of um, there was mm. there's so much footage from that Canto Byte stuff that's been uh cut, and I can understand. God, you mean there's more? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. 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 And... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just having a flashback here. God. Yeah. Look, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of with you in that I felt that that part of that act um felt. Uh, quite pointless. Um, I like the idea that your heroes fail. Okay, I do mm. like that idea, but the failure still needs to be just as far as story construct goes. It still needs to propel you into the next portion of the film. And I suppose you could make the argument that 
um, because they had Benicia del Toro's character uh, DJ that they managed to get onto the ship. But they got mm. onto the ship to no. They activate the tracking real... system or something. Yeah, or deactivate I mean, because that... they were tracking them through hyperspace. But then actually, so from if I remember correctly, this from a story point of view. Um, it didn't matter, right? Because then they just used another... The, the, the tracking thing goes to another ship or something like that. Mm. It's a similar sort of weird plot device in Rise of Skywalker that didn't make sense at the end with the fleet. They had to take out that thing. I know, we've got in the actual like, the antenna, like you said, yeah. about the signal for them to yeah. escape but, from... Um, yeah, Nebula then, or something. Yeah but, yeah, yeah, but then you hear you know Richard E. Grant's character say... I can't remember the exact line, but they're like, okay, well, uh, change the tracking thingy to that ship. Yeah, anyway. it's this button here. Just press that button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Press the red button, like in Guardians 2. Um, <laughs> so, like, I suppose from a real-world perspective, the heroes wouldn't know that they're going to go for this thing and it's going to fail. Um, so that that does make sense. But then when it makes... If anything else, I mean, I've found the characters, especially Finn, hmm. his character was... Uh... Okay, he's on a he's on a mission to find this guy with the red brooch or whatever. Yep. And he just finds a random guy in the journey. Like, Let's go with it. We're talking about we're talking about saving the lives of the, oh, the, the remaining fleet. And they just, yeah, yeah, and they just went with this random guy. Yeah. I'm thinking, what are you doing, Finn? Again, you know, the, again, you can argue um, that it's a sort of desperate times calls for desperate measures kind of thing but at the same I... time you on the flip side of that coin do you take that risk you know um or do you try and find an alternative I know, I know to try and the... get to that other guy i know what you're saying i mean yes if it works it works but that whole scene regarding cancer by the casino planet you could have yeah. you could have edited that out and you would not you would not have missed the beat whatever story there was. Yeah, yeah. But with that particular scene, with Finn failed. Yeah. But he failed because he... It was just poor writing. Very, very bad writing. It's just I, contrived. Yeah. Very I mean, contrived. You, you can say, like I was saying earlier, that th them getting onto that ship uh, had zero impact on the overall story because they end up on uh, crate anyway um what does he do finn kills phasma okay so yeah. he and, and we believe that she's dead i mean they could have quite as easily have just jj could have quite as easily brought her back in the next film i mean if she survived this trash compactor and all of star killer base <laughs> you know being incinerated um, you know, at, what, at what point did she escape? I mean, you you're really you're really pushing them. What's the uh, what's the uh, what's the old adage? Uh, you don't see a body. Yeah, presume that <laughs> it's not. Yeah, you got to see the body, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, it was always to me. It always felt a bit open ended. I thought, well, no way is this character gone. This feels like a Boba Fett type of thing. Uh, I, I, was... I felt I felt I felt very much changed by that movie. I mean, even from the beginning when we saw uh, Finn waking up. And uh, he's uh, rip he's wearing that that strange leaking suit, and he became like a uh, comedic character. Yeah, yeah. Um... That or well, that fell flat for me. And then we had yeah. Poe doing that strange like uh, chicken run against the uh, the First Order uh, battle cruiser. Sorry, um, I'm holding. I'm holding for. <laughs> yeah. So... 
that it just felt very very flat holding four hugs i mean look okay so that i tell you what that it was that point that the film lost me okay and that is literally within the first sort of uh mm. six or seven minutes okay um partly because it felt like marvel uh cinematic universe mcu humor which is has little place it, it kind of felt like the original trilogy had a perfect balance between uh the pathos and the seriousness and the drama and mm. humor okay the the prequels to me felt like the exact opposite it was it, it lent it, it went the other way there was not enough humor perhaps and too much pathos and seriousness and in these ones well, and sequel trilogy it's gone yeah the the, the, the comedy is just this, feels okay. extremely misplaced <laughs> i mean comedy aside i mean this is yeah. this is my take on the original trilogy from the episode four onwards yep uh it was very engaging because they actually invested a lot on the characterization mm. the characterization actually drove the story forward they actually they actually evolved organically from the uh, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, yeah. and the Jedi. They actually grew. Uh, between uh, Empire Strikes Back and the Return of the Jedi, you knew there was some time had passed. Yep. You knew. Yep. I mean, uh, there could be novelizations elsewhere regarding extended story, whatever. You knew yeah. some time had passed. Yep. So for the original series, it's more like a, a, a character-driven. You were engaged with these characters. Mm. You you grew up with these characters for the best part of about ten years. Mm. Longer. The prequels, the, yeah, the prequel, the prequel trilogy is more a stylized version, romanticized version of what it's meant to be in the Old Republic. Mm. Uh, for me, the original trilogy was more uh, style over substance. Uh, when I felt, style I, over I, substance, remember? you mean substance yeah. um, over style? Or it had a uh, no, no, no. It, there, I, I don't think there was much substance to it, apart from the fact, apart from the fact, Anakin always get caught Annie. Not kind of. Oh, you're talking about nerves. the prequel. Sorry, I thought you said the original. Yeah, yeah, the prequel. Yeah, prequel. Yeah, I'm talking about the style of. Yeah, episode one onwards. Hmm. Episode one onwards. I remember seeing. I, how did you feel? I mean, when we we went to see it together, we were actually in the first yeah. in the front row. I remember, I mean, my my prevailing thought about that movie was I had a bloody bad neck. I had a quick yeah. neck with yeah, yeah. the only seats we got was the front row. Do you remember? Yeah. So um, okay, we're we're bouncing around a bit here, but it's I think it's fine and it's quite nice because it, it feels organic to me. Um, okay, so we're talking about episode one now. So we'll we'll, we'll come back to Last Jedi uh, later on if we. Uh, mm. if we, so, like we need to, with the episode one, I felt um, it was a long time coming. This was like um, yeah, right. when it was first announced that he's, he's revisiting Star Wars. Hmm. I mean, like everybody else, I was extremely excited. And when we mm. first saw the trailer, we were like, yes. And mm. when Darth Maul had a double, double-sided double uh, yeah. lightsaber, mm. that was incredible. Which was revealed in the, the trailer. Do you remember? Revealed... Right at the end. The trailer. Yeah. yeah, and that was incredible. That was like, yeah. it just blew me away. This was like, um, I think it was just before the millennium as well. Yeah, 99. It was, yeah. was it 99? Yeah. It was, yeah. And, um... Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, uh, for us, revisiting the Star Wars universe after almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. But when we actually saw the movie, yeah, but when we saw the movie, I mean, the movie, it felt, it felt like a um, a movie-long toy advert to me, for myself. It did, interesting, okay. Yeah, I mean, everything was bright, 
-hmm. everything was everything was digitized i mean um mm -hmm. uh I, there was a lot of blue screen so in okay movie. interesting uh you should mention that as well because i am going to i don't want to be the constant contrarian here but um uh it's not as digital as you think or you may think mm. it is but you do make a good point that everything was slick and it goes back to what we were saying earlier about it's how very very polished yes yeah and, and but that's obviously intentional right you need to re realize that every everything that's made um if it's made correctly by an artist you know whether it's a painting or a, or a film or whatever you know a piece of literature everything's sculpted very intentionally um and very mm. specifically uh, sometimes yes you get you might come across what's known as happy accidents or um or just snafus you know guffs uh you know oversights or whatever um you get but generally you know the aesthetic of a film or whatever it is all that stuff is very intentional so where the original trilogy was um the used world showing uh the uh, a a um civilization a, empire there's a, there's a stagnation of the actual, yeah. uh, civilization after the episode three i understand that yeah. i mean yeah. it was it was it was it was gleaming it was romanticized yeah. it was the golden age of the republic we know mm. that mm. um but like i said in the original trilogy from episode four onwards it was a character who drew who, who drew it who actually mm. who actually drew us along and then yeah. just and just basically uh we, we get carried along by the characterization I never felt myself engaged in that sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe because in the first movie it was actually uh, played by a, a younger actor, mm -hmm. and it was Christian Haydenson. Um, but I didn't find myself Hayden Christensen very much. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, guy. yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember an interview given by George Lucas at the time mm -hmm. before the actual movie was actually. Uh, made and he did actually say he was writing the story for the original the, the, for the uh the prequel uh, trilogy it was yeah. meant to be a tragedy a fall of fall, a fall of grace mm. of anakin skywalker and that's how he actually played out what we got was basically a political drama uh of okay. basically trade wars i mean come on how many kids how many people like in the newer generation actually <laughs> find trade trade dramas interesting yeah. well i do you know this is the other thing for for me personally um oh sorry, sorry, sorry can i just add yeah yeah the only character the only character i find extremely interesting in the uh prequel trilogy was obi-wan kenobi he was the okay. only one the linchpin that actually i found myself drawn into and he yeah. was the only one i found extremely interested in yeah i mean he had yeah ewan mcgregor i mean he was a he was a constant there were a couple of other constants there but he you know, I think that was one of the one of the problems I remember at the time, with episode one at least, um, that I felt was that it was difficult to distinguish who the protagonist was. But if you do look at it structurally, Anakin comes in, however many minutes into it, he he comes in almost like in, in the second act of the film. Uh, in the original Star Wars, okay, Luke comes in quite late as well he still comes in in the first act i believe uh so not quite as late as uh, uh, as far as the second act um but he does come in late so perhaps that was part of the intent to to bring the protagonist in late but when you've also 
when you've got these time jumps because there's 10 years between episode one and episode two and you've got a different actor you have to have a you know by the nature of it you have to have a different actor playing that character i think that can disjoint the um the viewer it it creates this sort of um you know what's the word i'm looking for i say disjointed you know you kind of become uh, a little removed from that character you know do you believe it's the same person but like you were saying um the ewan mcgregor character he is a constant you see his arc is clearly being defined and you can follow his story and we see him from the opening sequence right so if you look at classic storytelling um one of the methods is that you introduce your protagonist in the sometimes the older filmmakers like oh God, and now I'm going to struggle to give specific examples, but Orson Welles and those guys, I think they did it, where you would introduce your protagonist in the first frame, in the very first frame of the film, you will see your hero. So straight away, the audience knows, okay, this is who I'm following. I'm seeing this well through this person's eyes, um, which is why the argument is there for 3PO and R2-D2 being the protagonists, actually, of the Star Wars uh, saga, now known as a Skywalker saga, obviously, because Disney want to branch off elsewhere. But let's face it, it was um, when it was just one to six, it was just Star Wars saga, right? Um, and the idea of those two droids being the protagonists still works, even in the prequels, even though they're not um, there from the get-go. Like in episode one, we don't see those two droids at the beginning, and, and 3PO's involvement is kind of arbitrary, right? He doesn't really lend anything to that story. Um, R2 does though as he always saves the day in the sequels those two characters were completely bloody you know felt shunned right R2-D2 you see him moving for about two seconds I think in Last Jedi in all of the other shots he's a static droid Um, maybe you've got some shots with a person inside rocking it a little bit not quite with the same finesse as uh, say Kenny Baker did but they're doing that similar sort of stuff um but there's very little movement and you don't buy that the you know we're seeing the story play out through these guys eyes but in the original three certainly you could say yeah this is yes you know and and then that arc actually of uh 3po for example as the storyteller comes full circle with return of the jedi right when he's telling the entire star wars saga of the well that that's of the those three films to the ewoks He's narrating the yeah. whole thing. He's doing all the, you know, and it's a beautiful little, you know, character moment for that character. You're like, oh, look, you know, he, he's not much of a storyteller. He was saying, oh, I don't know. He, he waffles on much like I do, actually. Uh, he waffles on in those films. But then at the end, he's giving this sort of, you know, really uh, eloquent retelling of episodes four, five, and, and the opening act of six to these, mm-hmm. you know, these people. And they're all completely engrossed in it. Um, I think I think that may be the problem because okay, in episode four, five, and six, you knew the protagonist being Luke Skywalker. There was a there was an organic growth yeah. all those three movies. Yeah. In the uh, prequels uh, trilogy, episode one, two, and three, it was Obi Wan Kenobi. But but yeah. having said that, it was meant to be Anakin Skywalker. But yeah. I identified more with Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. There was a progressive growth. Mm. I mean. Not so much. Of, uh, that's, um, okay, if you want to have like a visually, he, he, there was a growth because he was a Padawan. You could tell he was very young. Mm. Episode one, episode two was a bit more grown up, and episode mm. three he was like really grown up. Mm. 
But with Anakin, there's not so much. It was a bit disjointed. I didn't buy his character at all. I mean, he was very, very petulant in episode two. Yeah. And there, there wasn't much growth from that petulance to episode three. He was like static. He hasn't really grown past that petulance. But with Obi-Wan Kenobi, there was a growth because he mm. was becoming a master. I mean, I think that's where it was. But uh, the focus for me was with Obi-Wan Kenobi when it should have been Anakin Skywalker. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I will I would argue uh, the opposite. For me, it was um, you no, know, I I totally agree with everything about the Obi Wan arc. And um, yes, you know, it's quite easy to just if you wanted to whilst you're watching those films say, okay, I'm actually going to shift my focus and just say that Obi Wan is the protagonist, and I'm seeing everything play out from his viewpoint. And you can follow that story, and it works. Um, I always stuck with uh, Anakin. I disagree that his development was quite, um, quite like how you just described it. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, now I do think that there you do get a disconnect. Disconnect was what I was looking for earlier. I think there is a little bit of a disconnect between. The um, Jake Lloyd version, which is the ten-year-old, nine, ten-year-old Anakin, and the Hayden Christensen episode two, nineteen, twenty-year-old Anakin, there is a bit of a disconnect. Okay? Yeah, that was that, that is meant yeah. to be. Yeah, it's exactly. Meant be, it, it's yeah. it's meant to be there. Um, now, but because of that ten-year gap, I think it does cause some, uh, some. Uh, problems in the storytelling in terms of like where this linear storytelling is coming com uh, coming from. Um, I understand though how the naivety of that nine ten year old. I can't keep my volume down. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the naivety of that nine ten year old, mm -hmm. um, which is what Lucas was going for, right? That hence why he uh, cast such a young kid. Um, so the naivety of that child, that sort of childlike innocence. And how a young child can be corrupted and fooled. But now, when you take out a massive chunk of that child's development, which is their teenage years, their adolescence, when you remove that whole uh, section, you don't see that process mm. of him developing from this innocent kid into this, uh, you know... Um, Harry Enfield style, uh, I hate you, teenager. You know that from the from the um, you know that the show that he used to do, Harry Enfield and Chums, and we play that teenager, right? Uh, Kevin, Kevin, the teenager. Yeah, I know. The, the petulance, basically. But you, yeah. you know, why why is he like that? So when we come to episode two, and I started watching episode two last night, actually, um, I only got about ten minutes into it because it was kind of late in the evening. But um, you know, I remember thinking, yeah, okay, I don't quite though understand why he's like this and they they start arguing within the first 10 minutes of that film you know he's back chatting to obi-wan and obi-wan sort of saying know your place young one you know or you will learn uh, your place uh my young apprentice and all this stuff and you're like whoa okay this is there's like a lot of fucking there's a lot of tension here and it just felt like it just came out of left field like i didn't understand mm. why I could, uh, if you remember the line in episode one, Obi Wan says. You're talking about Mace Windu saying that basically he's too old. No, um, Yoda actually says he's too old. 
if I remember correctly. Was it Yoda? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, and which is maybe why that's why because it's yeah. the yeah because it, I think um, I think the actual the arc of his petulance was already set because uh, it was actually uh, kind of like highlighted the fact that he was too old to be trained. Too old uh, to because be his personality like... for him, yeah. or or his personality for him was set. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean, that's where his petulance came into it. I mean, I think I think what it was also is that basically with uh, Anakin is that he has been told to be the most powerful Jedi there was, and that kind of plays into his his petulance because mm-hmm. he knows he can do it. He just yeah. that he knows he's got the power. He just doesn't have the the the, uh, the discipline to do it. Yeah, the discipline, the maturity. Um, mm. but yeah, there there was definitely a disconnect. I mean, okay, so in episode one, Obi Wan says uh, to Qui Gon, "Why do I feel like we've picked up another useless life form?" And he's referring to Anakin. So, you know, he's kind of looking at Anakin as a hindrance, this little human boy. I, you can kind of understand when he says a similar thing to um, about Jar Jar, because it's a different life form. Maybe he is just racist towards Gungans or whatever, right? But he oh, says it no. to his own, you know, he says it to, he's a white guy, and he says it to a little white kid. I'm like, okay, wow, you, you just don't like any, you know, other, um, anybody who you see is going to potentially... Um, infringe on what your mission is, you know, your duty is, or whatever. So, did you find the uh, did you find the whole romance? Did, did, sorry, did, did, the the whole romance between Anakin and, and Padme. Oh God, well, yeah, they even yeah. have a bit slightly awkward. I find it a bit awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, and look, and this is coming from me, and I'm a massive prequel fan. I don't believe in being a prequel apologizer. I don't know what that, you know, I don't need to apologize for anything. I like what I like. Um, and I do think that objectively, episodes one, two, and three are good. They're not without their faults, but I think that storyline is um, extremely strong. Uh, you were saying something earlier about execution, right? So there's the fault is in execution, whereas I think it's kind of the opposite applies to the sequel trilogy, where the story is actually rather paper thin and weak, um, but the execution, for the most part, is really competent. You know, it's they yeah. look you can't you can't deny the fact that they look beautiful they perform beautifully the artistry that's gone into all the practical effects um as well as the cg and the vfx and stuff it's just you know it's of a, another level now is it doing quite what the artist george lucas was doing where he was really progressing cinema and um, the art of filmmaking no it didn't right and he's even said that on record he said there's nothing new here you know, I don't know why you made this film when he was referring to Force Awakens because there's not you've not done anything new. Yeah, Aside I mean, from... the Force Awakens was was a was a shot for shot of A New Hope, pretty much. I mean, it was a bit of a retread, the, yeah. No, yeah it, we even had the no scene with uh, with Han Solo uh, because in the original it was uh, Obi Wan Kenobi when the Force mm. Awakens was Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I mean, I went with it because. What what is old is always new again. I, mean, I yeah. went with it. I knew exactly what I do. They're putting down the groundwork for the next yeah. one to telling the story to build it up. Yeah, yeah. but that never happened. Yeah, that I never mean, happened. That, you could say that in Last Jedi. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, he he, he seemed a bit to actually talk about. I felt who I felt, to be a I felt very very cheated. Yeah, I felt extremely cheated. I think a lot of people did. Um, the the idea yeah. of um. What we were saying about being a contrarian, it kind of felt like Johnson wanted to just be the contrarian for the sake of it. Um, and that seems to be my buzzword at the moment, actually, for the last week, contrarian. Everything seems to be about people just 
We're disagreeing for the sake of disagreeing. Which I mean, is I mean yes. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, I actually enjoyed The Force Awakens. Yeah. The sequel trilogy was good when I mean, it, it began quite strong. I liked it. Yeah. I'm not one of those who thinks, oh, because it's a female character, it can't work. I think it can. It could have worked. Yeah, yeah. It didn't work. Mainly because the character after The Force Awakens was badly written. There wasn't any organic arc to it at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was the Luke Skywalker character, basically. She came from. She Rey. was. We're talking about Ray now, yeah. Yeah, Ray, yeah. She was basically like. Uh, um, uh, who fought with just nobody, living a, a nobody life. Yeah. And he got picked up. Um, it was, like I said, a shot for shot. I mean, we even had. We even got the bloody star. Uh, Desktop, which is, is, is a Starkiller, yeah, 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 yeah Starkiller base. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was a shot for shot uh, retread, and it, and it, and, and, I, and I went with it. I loved it because it harkens back to my childhood. Mm. You know, yeah. um, I mean, I could see where where JJ Abrams was going. He was, he, JJ Abrams, he, he is a very. Look, there's a lot of people actually have faults with JJ Abrams, but I think he's a very, very good story. Very, very competent storyteller. Yeah, I agree. He 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 left he left a lot of uh, building blocks at the yeah. end of um, the Force Awakens, yeah. and he just handed over like a hurdle. He just basically handed over to like a, a baton yeah. and a hurdle, but take it and run with it. Yeah. Um, like I said to you earlier on, I mean, I waited three years to hear what Luke Skywalker's first words were. Yeah, and I was totally disappointed. Yeah, and in fact, I can't remember his first word. Were they leave me alone? He didn't say anything. He just tossed oh. the uh, uh, lightsaber over his yeah, head. Yeah, over yeah. His yeah, but the he didn't first... say anything and then he just walked off. Yeah, but then the actual first lines he says, oh. if I remember correctly, because you only saw the film once, right? And I've seen it. Yeah. Ah, see, see. Well, <laughs> he, I think he says, <laughs> he says something like, go away or leave me alone. It's something to that effect. And yeah. You know, Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, okay. I can't. You know what? I can't even remember how he actually got talking to training Ray. I think he he said something like, "I train you for uh, five days or something." Five, no, he said, "I'll give five... you three lessons. I'll give you three lessons." Three lessons. And he only oh. gives her two lessons. Um. I yeah, and he never gets to the third lesson. I think does he? Yeah. I think the second lesson might have been in that deleted scene. Uh, or the third listen is the deleted scene where there were there were elements in the the last Jedi that actually uh, correlates to the Empire Strikes Back, especially the scene where she's inside that strange cavern and she sees the reflections of herself. That was meant to be yeah. much more deep, but we yeah. we were never told. We were never told. We were never actually told what he actually meant. We were meant to be left to our own devices, and I've just felt, oh, okay. Well, in Empire, just basically. You mean? Oh, you mean? Yeah, in, in, well, I'm just saying. Basically, there was a correlation between the actual uh, the, the scene in Empire Strikes Back where uh, Luke goes into the uh, the cave and and, yep. and he, he he battles the uh, uh, division of uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. And then we got in the Last Jedi with Rey going to the cavern, mm-hmm. and then she, I think she touches a wall or something, a mirror or something, and then there was like he, multiple. Yeah. yeah. And there was like multiple versions of herself. At the time, I didn't understand what that meant. I mean, it was only later on during interviews with Ryan Trovish. I think he was saying, like, this is just to show Ray that she's still looking for herself and that uh, she had to find herself or something. There's multiple versions of herself. Right. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, no, I, I, that, that I is... like Ray. Yeah, I like Ray. I mean, I, um, the character is a very engaging character. I like Ray. The problem was, it's basically from the the uh, the Force Awakens to the Last Jedi. Hmm. The translation of the character got lost. Well, there was um, nothing happening with her really. Uh, nothing. No, there really wasn't. There was with her in the same, which is. I mean, it, it's kind of fine that she is headstrong and doesn't almost doesn't need Luke, right? Because she was so bloody overpowered. Sure, in the, yeah, um, in the Force Awakens, with little explanation, um, and she knew things. I mean, look, the overpowered thing. Okay, so recently, you you might not be privy to this, but recently there was a release. There was, there was there was some kind of rumor or something I, I saw where they talked about um jj actually had a outline a treatment for episode eight that he'd passed on yeah yeah and so these yeah. guys were meant to take that and then build it was and, and the idea the basic idea was that um luke had been influencing all of those things and it was because he was sort of channeling himself through her which is why she could do the mind trick yeah because that's a learned yeah. thing and she just did it right so how on earth and the lightsaber thing yeah, the, the lightsaber thing. The Force Awakens. Well, the yeah, the the vision. Yeah, fine. You know, the idea that these objects house some kind of um, uh, there's some kind of soul or something in them. Don't... Yeah, that you know, by touching this, it'll trigger something, or they can, you know, you can connect. That's them. not how the Force works. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 not right. But that was supposed to be a big sort of um, driving point of these new films, apparently, because. The idea of uh, Kylo Ren with Vader's burnout helmet and that he can commune or communicate or get something from these artifacts. You know, the original, mm. the early ideas was that he was supposed to be out there going through the galaxy looking for um, Sith artifacts and things like that. And that they would talk. And I don't know. It, it, I don't remember anything like that being in the original trilogy or anything like that being in the prequel no. trilogy, which I. I mean, I can, I can understand that. It's actually. Look. You and I understand these are all fictional stories. These are fictional yeah, characters, yeah, yeah. fictional, yeah. fictional law. Uh, so they can do whatever they want with the actual force. But the thing is, exactly. the force from the original uh, prequels, trilogy one, two, three, four, five, and six, yeah. there was a fixed reason to the force, and we actually uh, we we were drummed into it. Basically, it's a force that actually surrounds us and binds us together. Mm. Fine. Well, we understand that, and, and and I can see where they want to actually expand on that for the newer generation. You know, but um, it's the execution of it. It's just so crass. Mm. It was very crass. I well, think. I felt like um, with the, the the sequels, they actually went. They try to go backwards to how and 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 making the force a little bit more mysterious. Where Lucas in his prequels started uh, bringing science into it and trying to make it <laughs> metachlorine. Yeah, yeah, midichlorians, which are now only being referred to as M counts. Call it midichlorians, for God's sake. Like, that was one of the elements I didn't like about that film either, about episode one. Um, but, you know, as as I've aged, you kind of just accept these things. And maybe yeah. as we age, we'll come to accept these. There are there are minor yes. things throughout the, all the other movies before the actual sequel trilogy. There are minor things you can oh. overlook for the... Or the actual grander design. Yeah, yeah, but, of course. But along came along came the last Jedi when there was just way too many that overweighed everything. Do you mm. know when? Yeah, you have a scale. 
And then Ryan Johnson stuck with his innovation ideas on one part of the scale. Eventually, it's just going to topple over. Yeah. And it's just become unattainable. It's just, it's just too much. And the stuff regarding, was it, was it General Hodo? When she does the hyperspeed, the, 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 the hyperspace. Admiral, um, Admiral Hodo, yeah. The yeah, when she, when, when she weaponized the hyperspace. Yeah. And I, I, and I think, wait a minute, if, if that actually exists, how come we never seen it before? If if they can do that, why? How come like a I don't know in the uh, um a new hope? Why don't they just have like an X wing to a hyperspace drive right through the Death Star, and that's just yeah. end the story right there and there. Exactly. Well, uh, I mean, the yeah. stuff like that I can't overlook. I can't overlook yeah. those. So I tell they, you, they were there's an interesting thing. You know, I know Paul JJ had to sort of try and go backwards and kind of say, yeah. well, it's a one in a. You know, he had the uh, Dominic Monaghan character sort of say. Uh, Ah, it's just a one in a million type thing. Um, but I tell you why this is he solved it with one sentence. He solved yeah. it with one sentence. I would never mention again. Yeah, but I, you know, <laughs> and, okay. and, that, that, that bugged me. That bugged me to death. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what. Look, it was beautiful when I saw it. I was like, oh wow, that's breathtaking. But then when it sinks in and you sort of think about it, well, actually. Yeah, why was that not weaponized? Um, and I know for a long time I was trying to say, well, just because. And I think maybe I was just I was kidding myself, but it's like well, okay, just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean that they have done it, or it's it's kind of like the kamikaze pilots in World War Two, right? The Japanese pilot, you you don't really see that as a war technique now, um, but they've kind of gone backwards where you didn't have that before, and now you do. Um, which of course, Try not know. to think too much about it, otherwise you're gonna yeah. get a headache. Yeah, gonna exactly. Get a headache. But okay, no. You I just, think... you just, you just let it glide because, like I said, I mean, if I'm, a, I don't know if this is true or not. Apparently, Ryan Johnson had a full reign of a, a completely new saga. Uh, um, he was given a full reign when he was actually signed on as a director, but he was fired after the I... uh, release of Last Jedi. So JJ uh, Abrams, he. Well, maybe he was actually uh, let go. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, I'm, this is stuff I, I read as a third party. Mm. Um, but um, if I understand it correctly, I mean, J.J. Abrams, he was never really meant to come back. No, so that was, I tell you, so what you're talking about is Colin uh, Trevorrow, who was the director of uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, and then from that he got uh, Jurassic World. Um, and he, I, I, there was some kind of, you know, it was that age-old creative differences thing. So he left... Yeah. The project and then they convinced uh, jj to come back ryan johnson was given a different set of films he was given his own trilogy um and they kept saying up until quite recently i think just before rise of skywalker came out that he was still involved and that was still going to happen but i find that very hard to believe and now there's no talk i don't know anything yeah i don't know actual actually what's Neither going on but, but um I'd be very surprised if he came back just because of the division that that film caused. But um, you're just talking about the hyperspace thing. Can I just point out a couple of things, okay? So mm-hmm. in Rise of Skywalker, Dominic, yeah, uh, Dominic Monaghan's character says, you know, it's a one in a million thing. And you're like, oh, okay, Jesus, you know, you roll your eyes at that. Okay, fine. You know, they're, they're backtracking a little bit. <laughs> um, then you see a hold on maneuver at the end of that film that's been that's taken place you see one of the uh the final order star destroyers in pieces it looks like it's got the 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 holdo maneuver special effect you know that that visual it just, it effect. Just ripped apart yeah yeah you see that over endor um 
So not only do you see that also, though, in that shot, the Star Destroyer just looks gargantuan. <laughs> it makes no sense scale-wise because you're seeing it from the forest moon of Endor because then the camera pans down to uh, older Wicket and his son, who was actually Warwick Davis's son in that suit, I believe. Um, you know, and they're looking up and, and that just was another sort of fan service pointless moment, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, you see, so they do the hold-on maneuver in there. But okay, this is why the hold-on maneuver doesn't make sense. In episode four, when Han Solo is in the heat of the moment explaining to Luke Skywalker why you can't just do the hyperspace thing, okay? And he says you'll fly too close to um, a supernova or, you know, you, you know, you might, you've got to get the trajectory right. It takes some time. It takes effort. You've got to plan this stuff. Bearing in mind that it's only been 35, maybe 40 years max since Mm. A New Hope and um, Last Jedi. Yeah, it's only been... It's it's, it's 50 years. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in-universe, okay? I'm talking about in-universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which actually kind of lines up anyway. So, um, because the original trilogy takes place over a period of about... I always thought it took place over a period of about a decade. Okay, and then you've got... Then you've got 30 years, and that's been pretty clearly defined, between the end of Return of the Jedi and the beginning of The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens yeah. story itself takes place over the space of about a day or two. It's not even a week. It's literally a couple of days from what I understand. And The Last Jedi picks up or is meant to pick up directly after Force Awakens, which again is a little problematic because there would have been time for Kylo Ren to get onto the ship, for, to be picked up by Hux, taken to Snoke's place because Snoke says, bring, bring Kylo Ren to me. But then by the time we get to... Um, the beginning of the last jedi he's already in his uh whatever the hell it's called the um whatever the snoke ship is or whatever and he's in his own tie fighter and you know they're they're all in different places yet ray is on the island with luke just handing the lightsaber over so the only way that works actually is if you say that a substantial period of time so days have passed between um ray landing yeah, at the end of Force Awakens, Ray landing and then getting all, you know, having a shower, changing her clothes, jumping in the Falcon and going to see uh, Luke. So uh, that's the only logical explanation that a bit, a bit of time has passed there, right? But I don't remember any swipes or anything, which in filmmaking mm-hmm. you use, so transitions are used rather than hard cuts or smash cuts. Um, a it's transition, too implied, no, I, it's time. Yeah, it's too yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, taking. Empire Strikes Back as a comparison to the uh, Last Jedi. Empire Strikes Back, we we actually saw um, Luke being trained. I mean, that must have went for like weeks, if not months. I don't know, but you can actually yeah. tell there was a there was a movement of time during his training. Yeah. And just to prove that, there was a, a B story regarding Han um, Solo trying to escape the uh, the yeah. Empire. I mean, that must have taken for like weeks and weeks and weeks. Exactly. But with the but with the Last Jedi, there wasn't there's none of that. I mean, it, no, it just no, seems no. like. I mean, she. I mean, Ray. I mean, I don't recall her actually changing her clothes. Her clothes yeah. were exactly the same all the way through the training. I mean, I don't even know how long the training was for. I mean, like you said, it could have been a couple of days. I mean, by the end, end of it, she was powerful. 
There was no explanation how she was became yeah. so powerful apart from the fact she is a powerful Jedi. Yeah, I mean, okay, and I'm that's, come... what, that's what's so jarring. I'll come back to that in a second because I do think that that's one of the objective problems with um, the Last Jedi as well is the, how the transition of time seems to work or not work as a, as the case may be, and I think part of that is because of. Um, uh, some of these cut scenes. So one of the cut scenes with uh, the deleted scene, sorry, um, of Ray, because she actually she we see the island at night, which shows that she's actually been there a bit longer, at least mm. for one night um, or a couple of nights, because there is another shot. <laughs> at least when she, night, yeah, and she, she yeah, she became she, amazingly powerful. She had a, she had a she had like a deal on if you stay there for two nights or more, like a holiday in or something. <laughs> Um, and you do see, you know, when she's communing with uh, Kylo Ren, I think that's happening at, at night as well, if I remember correctly. But I just want to go back to the hyperspace thing, just real quick. Um, the reason the Holdo maneuver doesn't work is because the Millennium Falcon, while it's traveling through hyperspace in A New Hope, um, lands in the middle of an asteroid field. Now, if it was traveling at that speed, okay. Uh, and there's asteroids behind them, which means it's gone through the asteroid field. Those asteroids should have torn that ship to pieces, or mm. vice versa. It should have gone through the asteroids in pieces, but the ship should have sustained some damage. What happens is it just kind of shows up, and then it starts rocking, and they get hit by stuff, um, and they don't realize that they're going through whatever. Now, maybe you could argue that you wouldn't feel any of that, but what that tells me, the way I read that, was that it's traveling so fast that it's moving through the objects without being well, for, for, i mean the, i mean the, the whole technology regarding hyperspace travel and star wars was never explained but it's implied to 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 say that it actually exists a parallel to the uh the normal space you travel through a parallel space yeah. until you uh, kind of appear into the into the, the proper space that you actually started off with it's kind of like almost like wormhole travel that's the yeah. way i saw it yeah okay so you're still traveling through yeah so they they talk about hyperspace routes somewhere mm. i can't remember where mm. um but i do know that these routes so it is like mapped out routes that exist mm. um through space and time so you don't accidentally bop into something else so the holdo maneuver didn't make any sense to me because to my mind it felt like her ship should have just gone through the other people's ships the the, yeah. the first order ships and just continued on you know it almost yeah. like phasing through something right you move quickly enough like the flash does it in remember in we, we're talking about a storyline that took place after a great war with, with uh luke skywalker and all the other characters yeah. if hyperspace could be weaponized it would have been weaponized a long time ago yeah 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 because none of the other fundamentals of that thing seem to have changed so yeah that feeling that yeah. So jarring to me. It just yeah. it made absolutely no sense. No. I mean, it, it it was amazing to look at. It's beautiful to see in the screen. It was like that that amazing slow mo effect, yeah. and it's yeah. where the actress the ship kind of rips apart. That was amazing. I have to admit that. Yeah. But the actual for the narrative wise, it made absolutely no sense. Yeah. Apart from for the the director having a little visual uh, thing. Yeah. Look at what I've done. That's beautiful. Well, actually, so narratively did make sense in the sense that what they wanted was to have this thing that just slows these guys down a bit 
um, so that the other guys can escape. So narratively, that I understood. That. No, no. When I say when I say narratively, but I mean narratively, not just towards logically. that story. You mean logically? Logi- log- yeah, logically, yeah. it made no sense. Yeah, that's no, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Logically, what I'm trying it to say. One, one thing, one thing narratively, I meant not just that particular story. Yeah. I meant the whole story from the uh, uh, episode yeah. one, two, three, four, so forth. Because yeah. I'm talking about that technology must have existed, if not hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Hmm. We talk about civilization here that actually existed for quite some time. We have whole star systems mapped out. Hmm. So if you're talking about a technology that can be weaponized, it would have been weaponized a long time ago. There would have been yeah. other conflict regarding the old republic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, and then along comes General Holder. I know what I do. I, no, I just I press the button. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to fly into his death. Yeah, I mean, the moment was powerful, but it's again, it's one of those things. Like it I said, powerful. for me at least, I was like, once you start thinking about it, you kind of realize actually that doesn't that doesn't work. Um, for me, um, the yeah. Last Jedi was uh, it never happened. For me, this is how I see it. <laughs> actually, for my own sanity, yeah. it never happened. Because it was basically the Force Awakens and then the Rise of Skywalker. Um, the yeah. <laughs> but even Rise of Skywalker, unfortunately, has a lot of um, yeah, problems yeah. Uh, and still sticking to the hyperspace, uh, you know, light speed stuff, where Poe is light speed skipping. Um, I don't understand how that works. Again, it makes a great <laughs> cool visual, but, but how? If, if, if light speed uh, and hyperspace travel is supposed to be so. Um, uh, so precise and actually so dangerous that if you don't plot it carefully, oh. you are going to end up. And yet he's somehow reappearing in the middle of cities and stuff without going through buildings mm. and causing well, utter chaos. Poe is a very, very, well, Poe is a very, very talented uh, pilot, you see. Yes. But then again, that doesn't account for the actual uh, the TIE fighters that are following him. Unless yeah, exactly. Can How are they him. doing it? Yeah. Maybe they're following his stream. Um, well, look, look, that, yeah. I'm, actually, I'm making excuses because I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it was cool. You know, he's like, what? Even Finn's like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm light speed skipping. And you just think, of course, that's the kind of cocky thing you would do. It's a bit like, um, you know, when you're saying uh, the, the, um, the am I on hold holding for Hux joke at the beginning of. Don't. Yeah. Don't. I mean, Otherwise, I'm going to be in a corner crying. <laughs> okay, so like. To me, that did feel like misplaced humor a little bit at the time. Um, mm. But actually, if you think about it, it is in perfect keeping with that character. Because he, even in the dire situation in Force Awakens, when he's face-to-face with Kylo Ren, you can see he's fearless. They establish that he's fearless because he's doing that whole, so who goes first? I go first, you go first. You know, he's, do- he's, he's joking around. And I understand using humor as a defense mechanism. He's scared, he's worried. You can see something in his facial expression, right? That he's a bit like... Uh, Okay, so who goes first? You know, maybe it's a nervous sort of kind of humor, um, and I and I did like it in, it, I think in in the last Jedi, if they hadn't drawn it out for too long, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just that initial line, and you didn't have Hux's sort of imbecilic reactions to the whole thing, like wait, what? Can he hear me? Wait, am I? Hello, hello. If they didn't do all that bullshit, I think it would have worked, that because it's just him being cocksure. You know, Huxley yeah. been like, "What the fuck? Just shoot him!" You know, just shoot this guy. And he's like, "Oh, okay." Again, it, it was a good idea. The execution was bad again. Yeah, I think so. I think there's, there's 
obviously it's always so much easier to take something that already exists and then sort of pick it apart and say, well, I would have done this and I would have done that, or you could have changed this and you could have changed that. Because we Without... know, we know. Yeah. Oh, she, uh, he was the newer, the new character to replace Han Solo. We know that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He was even. Uh, I mean, Ray. Like... Ray was the was the uh, Luke Skywalker character. Yeah. But but who was Finn? <laughs> yeah. He was like the he was the fifth wheel of all. I mean, he started off good in the uh, the Force Awakens, mm. but Finn, he just felt. Well, he was underused, um, right? He felt underused. he was under. No, no, he was used in. But he was badly used in the uh, the Last Jedi. He was badly used, and that relationship between him and Rose it must have developed over a, uh, a number of hours. But suddenly, yeah. she's like declaring her undying love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. Okay, okay fine. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that moment. Um, structurally, Last Jedi is obviously to me it just immediately, even from the opening crawl, just sounded exactly like Empire Strikes Back. Um, even the opening sequence. So what they do, they, they, they took structurally, they took the beginning, the evacuation of Hoth and stuck that at the beginning. Mm. Okay. Then they took the third act of Return of the Jedi and stuck that in the middle. Okay. With a little bit of uh, middle act of uh, Empire Strikes Back with the cave thing, mm. which, uh, yeah, it didn't work. Um, in Empire Strikes Back, it worked because you knew that this wasn't really Vader because all of a sudden you got slow motion. You're like, well, we've never seen slow motion before in Star Wars. That's not a part of the um, storytelling uh, one of the storytelling techniques used in Star Wars it's not well now it is unfortunately because it's been used just in the normal you know in the in the normal area in the film but in in Empire Strikes Back it, it was used specifically to denote this otherworldly weird dreamlike sort of thing that was happening and then Luke mm. you know decapitates Vader and it's actually his face and that's setting up the reveal in the third act spoilers uh, the I am your father thing in Last Jedi uh, we get that we get a sort of a revisit of that and um, and it kind of falls a little bit flat uh, I liked that we were not given too much about Rey but then the payoff isn't the payoff yeah that she's a nobody <laughs> and, and you kind of feel like ah Christ what, why would you do that when the previous film had set up this thing that she is somebody that there's all this history okay so a lot of it like the parents for a start the parents thing I don't know where that came from because at no point in Force Awakens do they talk about parents all she keeps saying is family so the parents thing is a fan thing we've created this uh, this mm. thing and, and we want to know oh who are raised parents who are raised parents because Force Awakens I'm pretty sure at no point do they mention parents she doesn't mention parents. BBA asks her, "What are you doing?" or whatever. You know, when she saves him from Tito, she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm waiting for my family." Yeah, they're gonna waiting. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting. You know, there, there's something there. There's some groundwork there. You could have really built on that. That could have, yes, exactly. It could have been really uh, interesting. Who is she waiting for? Again, is it her family? Um, again, I'm going back to to, to how I felt. I felt mm. cheated. Yeah, it, I it felt did I mean, for uh, how, how, long, how long was it before the uh, Force Awakens to the uh, Last Jedi? Was it two years, three years? Uh, just two. I think it was like, it's yeah, two, I, yeah. Like, like, yeah, within those two years, uh, yeah. there was wild speculation, of course. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, the last thing we want basically is for the actual writer to have to panda 
to the actual like the, the yeah. basic instincts of the fans. So we wanted to be like the, the, the lost daughter of Luke Skywalker or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we no, we didn't want that. But what we did actually got eventually was something that was substantially opposite. It was just it just did not work. It could have worked because hmm. I knew exactly what Ryan Johnson was doing. He was basically saying somebody from 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 a low background can still rise up, you know, be, to the just yeah. heights. Yeah, but it can work. And then we got to the, and then we got the actually um, the rise of Skywalker when it was a complete hundred and eighty. Yeah, yeah. That was that was it, it. That was clumsy. I found that extremely clumsy. If yeah, I didn't feel right. Like I personally, um, you know, I, I my personal feelings are that they should have taken what was established in Last Jedi and just. Uh, progressed that and developed it, and just made a really great story. So um, basically, you you that. think you think you think they should have doubled down on it? Yeah, I I personally would have just kept her a nobody. Okay, I would have just mm. kept her a nobody. Um, yeah, I would have. Yeah, perhaps you can have an interesting um, twist somewhere. Um, yeah. Uh, where this family that she was waiting for, perhaps. They weren't family at all. Perhaps they were. I don't know. Whatever you could have done something. I don't know. I can't write yeah. this film right now. But uh, you know, um, what I, I learned from the what I learned from the uh, from the rise of Skywalker is that people in Star Wars universe can lie. So Kylo Ren lied. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it was that simple. He lied. Yeah, and I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. There, there wasn't even a um a point of view that you know he. Yeah, I think they should uh, personally. I, I think w- when something's established, just take that and then build on it, um, rather than trying to make the previous film completely null and void. But you know what? I also don't believe that this is Terrio or um Abrams's fault. At all, I also no, 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 it's not even Paul. He was brought back to mend it, to repair it. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a, there's a real corporate sort of uh, feel there, you know, like a committee type thing. I, I mean, don't like. even don't even get me started on the characterization of Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi. I mean, we're, we're talking about a person. Yeah, let's get started on. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Luke Skywalker. We're talking about a a, a guy here. He went into a a suicide mission in the in the Return of Jedi to save his father. Okay, so mm-hmm. we talk about this guy who actually finds out his nephew has inkling towards the dark side. And the first thing he wants to do was kill him. Yeah, that makes no sense at all. We talk about a heroic character who yeah. actually went into the second Death Star in a suicide mission to save his father, and his and friends. he battled yeah. the Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the first thing he 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 thought of about when he when he found out his nephew had some inkling towards the dark side. Was that he wants to kill him? Yeah, yeah that makes no sense. Yeah. And when 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 all hell broke loose regarding the the end of his academy and you know, going up in flames, was he goes off into hiding as a hermit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that also just felt like a retread of uh, what happens with Obi Wan. Well, no, no. But Obi Wan Kenobi. Well, Obi Wan Kenobi. He had a he had. He did it out of obligation. Yeah, he had a job, right? Um, yeah. Yoda, 
Yoda didn't. Like, that was one of the things I didn't like about Revenge of the Sith, was that he's just kind of, he gets beaten um, a little bit, and he goes, oh, n- now I need to go hide. And you're like, mm. that was kind of sudden. Um, whereas I didn't actually think... <laughs> whereas I'm one of those few people who didn't think that Anakin's turn to the dark side felt sudden. It felt like a long time coming, actually. And do you know what? And I'll tell you what might help people's viewing um, pleasure or understanding of those characters uh watch all three of um the prequels so episodes one two and three back to back and not only will you be exhausted by the end of it but you will you'll uh i i found it to be i had a profound experience when i did that i've only done it once and it was it's heartbreaking it all seems to it works in a linear fashion it is hard work obviously um you're sitting there watching seven hours you know non-stop of something uh or more or less non-stop but um you get so absorbed into this thing it's kind of like when you're binge watching a series or something right you're completely immersed in this thing and i tell you the, the films when i did that only about six or seven years ago um they became even more elevated for me i liked them even more so I was willing and I was also more willing to sort of overlook some of the shortcomings and I felt like some of the line delivery and, you know, it's particularly in episode two, you know, some things just, you know, he just comes across as a creepy pervert and like, ah, you know, maybe if he just at this point, <laughs> instead of, you know, giving her that weird smile when she's like, don't look at me, it makes me feel nervous. And he's like, OK, whatever you say. And he gives her that really creepy look, like perhaps if he'd been dejected in that moment you know it lends itself more to him turning later or you know him you know just being yeah just completely losing it thinking, well i've been rejected by uh you know this person that person obi-wan doesn't like me the girl that i fancy doesn't like me you know he doesn't like sand remember yeah sand sand likes me but i don't like it and you know <laughs> you know there's tweaks and stuff you can do but when you when i watch those all three back to back oh they really work man i'm telling you tintin and i'm, I'm not interested in trying to turn, change people's minds if, if you don't like something no, no. Like it, man. you know that doesn't matter no 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 i uh, didn't say i didn't like it no, i mean no. uh, i mean i mean seeing in hindsight after seeing the last jedi and mm-hmm. um, the rise of skywalker actually made episode one two and three much more accessible to me <laughs> it actually it actually elevated it to me in my mind Okay, yeah. So you know, a lot of people seem uh, to be saying that. I mean, yeah, a lot of because people... Because we can actually see, we can actually see how, he could actually gone, how he could have gone wrong. Hmm. And then you realise in episode one and two and three, there was a narrative structure there. Oh, yeah. And that was actually missing. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually, that was missing from like the uh, Force uh, the Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and then Rise of Skywalker. That was missing. Yeah. Well, the narrative was structure... Missing. The narrative structure, the, the last uh, sequel trilogy, was everywhere. It's just it's it's all over the place. It was a mess. Mm. It was a total mess. I mean, I mean, for like um, for people who actually dipped in and out of the actual Star Wars universe, they won't actually pick that up. But for people like you and me, we can actually pick that up. It's just yeah. like it's glaring like a bloody beacon. Yeah, yeah. It's there. Are, there are lots of um, there are lots of problems. I mean, yeah. There's everything has problems, but um. Yeah, I do feel, you know, it's funny, you were talking about the um, the political side of uh, episodes one, two, and three, and, and I get that, that it's, 
it is quite serious because I always saw it as um, Shakespearean in the way it takes this character of you know if if you if Shakespeare had written this as some as a as a play about this one guy who sort of just falls from grace I'd buy it you know it's a bit there's a bit of Macbeth in there there's a bit of Hamlet um, and I love it you know I love that aspect of it uh, but remember this is all from Lucas's mind those six films they're about his character it's one idea one guy's idea yes he had other people to help him um to, to you know to shape these things to make them to he didn't do it all on his own but ultimately it's his vision that he's managed to bring to the screen and that shows whereas with these three films they're they're disjointed because they're not a single person's vision there wasn't an overall plan um exactly. as that's all coming out I totally now, agree. Um, yeah i i've actually read a bit of the original script pages um i won't say where or how but it 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 implied now i don't know if this was misdirect okay for the people who had the sides but it implied something else about ray's origin and it and it Go implied on. something heavily about her parents or parent so basically there's a character well i, I won't go to i won't go into it actually um because this isn't out there yet but um this is a well, speculation after the release anyway so yeah but this was no but this was in black and white oh well not black and white it was on black and red uh in a script that i've seen mm. yeah somewhere not here not in not in our home uh it's not arthi's uh but i've i've seen this thing and it's um it implies something else i i do believe that that was probably misdirect for the actors because jj perhaps himself didn't know where he was going with it but it would have been um it, let's put it this way it would have been an obvious choice okay mm -hmm. so so anybody reading this any of the crew and those guys reading this thing they would have said oh yeah yeah okay there yeah, that makes sense i saw that coming do you know what i mean because it's kind of hinted at in the film. yeah um because i mean Lizzie ridley went on record as well remember uh in the beginning saying um is it not obvious from the film people were saying well who are your who are your they kept asking who her parents are and she said oh from the i thought it was pretty obvious from the force awakens who her parents are and so whatever your first thought might be is what was implied in this piece of uh, script that i saw I'll, I'll leave you with that little uh <laughs> i'll leave that to simmer <laughs> i'm gonna have to come back to you later on you yeah. know okay. <laughs> <laughs> i mean I mean, uh, okay, let's just talk about the actual, the, the last um, sequel trilogies. I mean, my takeaway from that is basically the terrible treatment of Luke Skywalker. That's, that's my takeaway from it. Okay, yeah. From the, the last sequel to a trilogy. Uh, I felt heartbroken. Um, mm. uh, I can, I can, basically, the only, only surviving character from the, um, the original trilogy is Chewbacca now. Well, all the other characters we grew up with is actually gone. Well, R two D two and three PO are still there. Oh, well, yes, Lando is they, still they, there, but yeah, yeah, but they they did actually play a very very minor character hmm. uh, in the story, and they were actually pretty much in the background. In the, in the Force Awakens, there wasn't very much of R two D two. He just sat in the background, yeah. waiting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my 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 takeaway from it is basically the terrible treatment of Luke Skywalker mm -hmm. and how his character was actually completely wasted. Um, I mean, you can, you can actually, you can understand why when he returned in the Mandalorian, he was so cathartic mm -hmm. and emotional. Because that's what I mean, I don't expected from Luke. 
that Louis Vuitton, exactly. At his, at his, at his best, at his most, the courageous Luke Skywalker we grew up with, not the uh, the carrying hermit of a man who drinks blue milk from some strange creature on a cliff. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty uh, that was pretty strange. Um, I think yeah. the thing perhaps some people um, struggle with to understand why people like you and I would be so upset about how that Luke uh, character was you know evolved into this old man um certainly for me i i don't want to speak for anybody else but certainly for me growing up i was born in 77 um my family life was kind of you know i was raised by my grandparents okay and then i lost my grandfather uh when i was 16 um so when it came to male role models uh they were they were actually kind of few and far between. My father was there, but he was raising his own uh, you know, family. You know, with my brother and sister, they were elsewhere, um, uh, and not necessarily um, a constant in my life. I had an uncle who was just a uh, nasty piece of work, and there were all these other people, but there there were no, you know, I didn't have anybody telling me, okay, guess what? There are these things called taxes, and you're going to have to do those one day. You know, you should study hard now and get a mortgage. You know, so you can get a mortgage and get a good job and get a mortgage and do this and do that. And, you know, I, I didn't really have that stuff. So my childhood role models were fictional characters. Okay, and a, and a couple of fictional characters very specifically that I took a lot of my morale, morality from. Now, I see that as no different, and I don't mean to offend anybody who is religious here and who does believe in God, but I see that no different to religion, where religion... Uh, gives you these characters, these um, people, these beings that set a sort of moral code for us that try and guide us down the right path, um, a righteous path. And I, you know, they're, they're, as far as I'm concerned, they are fictional characters. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I only had a, I'm an agnostic, really. I was, you know, a Hindu, I'm born a Hindu, but. Uh, Changed agnosticism when I was sixteen. Yeah, yeah, I'm agnostic as well. As you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lapsed Buddhist uh, Taoist. I grew up like a, with like Buddhist uh, teachings and Taoist yeah. and so forth. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So I, I turned... mean, well, when, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we take what we form from our culture. Yeah, exactly. And my culture was, uh, and my morality guides were Optimus Prime. Were Luke Skywalker, okay, particularly mm. Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker, because he that Return of the Jedi version, aside from the fact that that was the first film that I saw in the cinema and I was just besotted, you know, uh, with this character and everything, you know, in that world. But that character taught me that it's very easy to start going down a bad road. So, mm. in terms of like uh, not telling truths and or just, you know, just being bad i don't know uh, stealing telling lies you know hurting people being malicious whatever and that we should try to be we should not do that and and we should be selfless and and um and sacrifice is an important thing and even though and, and i admittedly i lost my way a little bit during particularly during my teens where i would use humor at the expense of other people to get mm. a laugh out of you know people that i'm trying to impress and it's only uh well rest his soul i had a friend he was killed unfortunately when we were in our late teens early 20s 
I remember one, you know, I, I used, I cracked a joke. We were at lunch, we were in this deli, and I cracked this joke at at his expense or somebody else. I think it was at his expense, and he said, he called me out um, in front of the entire group on it. You know, he said, oh, you think you're so smart. And, and yeah, I used to think I was, oh, look at how witty I am and how cool and whatever. And it was that moment that I realized, oh, yeah, I'm an asshole. You know, this is, I've lost, I've lost my way. And then later in my mid-twenties, you know, I, I had to lean back because of some personal issues I was going through. I, I found myself going back to things like Star Wars and Transformers, those two things particularly. And, and, and going back to, it's almost like the teachings of these fictional characters and sort of reminding myself that, okay, this is, no, this is the way one should be, like, uh, you know, you if you if you want to be a leader you have to be the self-sacrificing leader look at what prime did in transformers the movie uh in 1986 that's a perfect example exactly in the same vein yeah. you know luke was doing the same thing for the sake of his friends and his family his father uh yeah. he gave himself up you know he the, he even has that line where the, the emperor is so cocksure and he says uh you're wrong he goes soon i'll be dead and you with me you know and it's like this and it also for me, okay, you know, Tintin, uh, my mother took her own life when I was three. Okay, so this idea of suicide, but uh, which is self, selfish, which is a reality for me and something that I'm still struggling with even to this day, um, uh, still fighting this thing, versus this self-sacrifice of Luke. So you called it suicide mission, okay? And it is a suicide mission, but for who? He's not escaping his perceived problems. He's not about to leave his um, young family or whatever in turmoil because it suits him. He's doing it to save them. Now, I will always have that parallel. Did my mother do this to save me? No, no, she didn't. You know, um, when people take their own lives, do they do they do it out of some selfless act? Not really i mean and we're not talking about that buddhist guy who did the immolation during the la riots or whatever you know that was uh that that kind of is is extreme jesus but it's um a similar uh kind of self-sacrifice to prove a point and to make something better right and so these characters to then see them uh fall apart. fall apart i was i was gonna use i was gonna say exactly that i was heartbroken in the same way with last jedi as i was um when i saw michael bay's transformers and the <laughs> the subsequent iterations of prime and i remember thinking this is not how prime would talk this is not how he would behave and i'm not even talking about the oh my bad the com comedic relief stuff from that first film you know, in I think it's the second or the third, no, the third film, I think, uh, Dark of the Moon. Oh, I can't remember. Jesus, they're all just melding into one. They're such a mess. Uh, literally. A mess. I, stopped, um, I stopped with the second one. Yeah, yeah, I stopped with the second one. When, when the Autobot went around, was it in Singapore, and just went around murdering the Decepticons for no right. reason. They're just, yeah. they were just hiding. They're just hiding. They just found them. They just murdered them. So, yeah. What? Yeah. So, so Prime, yeah. this is, you're leading me nicely into the, he, Prime says, the line he delivers is, I will kill you all, or something. I'm like, he would never say kill. There's only one time when he delivers a real sort of ultimatum, 
and that is in Transformers the movie, never in the normal series. And he says to Megatron, because he knows how dire the situation is, Autobot City has basically fallen, all his friends are fallen. He wasn't there as a leader, he wasn't there to protect them. And he says, one shall stand, one shall fall. But before that, if you remember, he's standing outside the Ark. Uh, you got Hound in the background. Uh, and it's a static painting shot. And he's standing there looking very valiant and, you know, uh, very heroic. And he says, um, uh, and the line he delivers is, uh, Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost. Now, when he says no matter the cost, I at no point felt, even though I was a kid watching this, I was only nine. I was nine. Okay. Mm. I did not feel at any point that no matter the cost meant, I don't care who I kill, I don't care who gets in my way, I'm going to kill this other dude. Just because of the way that shot was framed, the way he's standing, and the nuance and tonality in his voice, I remember thinking, I don't think he's going to come out of this. And then you're like, sort of, nah, they would never do that. It's a cartoon. We're all kids. They would never do that. And then you Again, it's, it's, always, it's always about the hero's journey. Yes. Hero's journey is always about self-sacrifice. Hmm. That's why Luke Skywalker's yeah. ending just so incongruous how he ended up. Yeah. Although he actually came back and died from ex- overexerting the force, apparently. Yeah, I mean, okay, that, that thing aside, the fact I, I was heartbroken, actually, that, that killed yeah. him. Um, however, uh, that act, I still stand by that that act is very Luke Skywalker. That he goes there and yeah. he does sort of face him down, but he does it in a in a bit of a passive way, and that does stay in line with what Lucas established as um, the Jedi's mm. role, the Jedi's path, which is, you know, they use the Force um, only for defense and knowledge, never defense for attack. For the good, yeah. yeah, and never for attack. So at no point mm. did Luke actually ever. Um, uh, present any kind of th- actual threat to Kylo mm-hmm. Ren to his nephew, um, but yes, the the whole that backstory thing in a fleeting moment he lost his mind and he was about to kill this kid. And even though they kind of say, "Oh, it's only it was only for a moment," um, it still doesn't make sense to me, at least because of what we've that seen. That was the Luke yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was the Luke we knew. Yeah. And and it's a progressed version of this guy. He's had, by that point, he's had 30 years, three decades of development. Of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He and would have been He would have been much more mature yeah. and much more of a teacher. Yeah, because he would have... That makes no sense. Because Lucas already established a big part of the whole big arc of all six of those original films is this idea of living past... Uh, you know, our physical self goes, but our, our soul is still there in these force ghosts. You know, the idea that the Sith mm-hmm. are trying to gain eternal life and they don't get that knowledge because it's done for greed. Whereas the Jedi um, do attain it through selflessness. Again, it's through. Yeah, altruism. Yeah, yeah, altruism. Exactly. And, you yes. know, and Qui Gon is teaching Yoda. Yoda teaches Obi Wan Kenobi, or has taught him. Which I hope we get to see that stuff in um, 
in the Kenobi series. I hope we see an exploration of that, which explains how Obi-Wan can just do that in episode four, you know. But he already knows. He delivers that line to Vader and he says, I'll be, you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. That's because he's already been taught. His, his old master has taught Yoda, who's taught him, or maybe Qui-Gon has taught uh, Obi-Wan. Who knows, you know. Um, I mean, they were talking about the TV series. I mean, why do you think The Mandalorian was actually did so well? Why do you, I mean, I think, for me, I think it's because it's actually written, directed by fans. They knew where they were coming from and they knew where they were actually going to. Well, I wouldn't say that the the guys who made um, uh, 7, 8, and 9 weren't fans necessarily. I don't think, I don't believe Johnson was like a, a fan in the sense that uh, I know that J.J. Abrams was. Yeah, so yeah. J.J., you know, he grew up with this stuff. He's been working closely with Kennedy yeah. for decades. But with Ryan Johnson, I think he was more like an artist. Could you could you yeah. imagine if Michael Bay... Could you imagine Michael Bay directing a, a Star Wars movie? No, please, please. That would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> could, it be any, could, it be, could it be any worse or even better than Last Jedi? Uh, I don't. I don't even want to even speculate on that. I think it would have been the exact opposite, where we got this slow space chase. We would have had a, a non-stop two-hour, extremely fast space chase. Yeah, and just <laughs> blowy, blowy, shooter, shooter. But we did actually, we we did actually get a, a space chase in the last Jedi. It was the most slowest, laborious yeah. space chase yeah. ever, and yeah. it went for the whole movie. Yeah, and again, that didn't I mean, make sense either. I mean, why? What was stopping? Um, the uh the first order from just uh jumping ahead of him or just literally flying around or just sh- flying around to the other side and just taking them out <laughs> blowing them up they have to it's like it's it's like it's like the old argument about lord of the rings when the eagles arrive yeah, okay, hey, yeah, why, <laughs> why did not you just look at the eagles oh, <laughs> you could have we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna cut all through all through move all three of the movie yeah. because you use the eagles yeah. In the beginning, fly him to Mordor, just drop the wing, and the ring is to you. You would have cut like 72 hours of story out. Like... I mean, uh, I, I remember somebody saying, I can't remember who it was, but I said The Lord of the Rings was basically a movie about people walking. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've read that. <laughs> and the, the, last, the Last Jedi was basically, was it two hours and a half? Of two people half just hours? basically yeah, yeah, chasing, just people being chased. Yeah, really slowly. <laughs> Yeah, we're running out of fuel. We're running out of fuel. Let's go a bit further. And actually, again, like um, I know Star Wars isn't science fiction, right? It's not serious science, but the ship, um, you see one of the ships and it runs out of fuel, uh, and it switches off, and it starts falling. Like what? Where, where does the gravity come from? Yeah. It's like, I mean, it looks kind of cool to see the ship kind of falling backwards, but like, oh, why would that happen? It would just kind of why stop. Would it, it would just yeah, stop. Just... Uh, anyway. Like, like, you know what? Let's not, let's not dwell on that. I mean, no, all yeah, I'm going to say is... No, no, I mean, um, uh, I'll talk away from The Last Jedi is that that never happened. It was a bad dream. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I'm not even kidding. I only okay. seen it once, and my memory was—it was traumatic. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't phrase it enough. It was actually traumatic. I, oh, and the thing oh, is, yeah. I want to say I'm joking when I say I left the cinema, 
and I turned around, I, I apologized to my friend, but I was yeah. I did actually apologize to them. And to I this believe. day, my friend, my friend actually, they just, they just laughed, they just laughed off. But for yeah. me, it was actually much more serious, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, uh, um, it, I mean, stuff like that transcends movies. That stuff like that was like, it's my childhood. And I think I told you this before. Yeah. The Last Jedi kind of poisoned the well for me. It did. Right. It seriously poisoned the well. Uh, for the last... from what it, For a lot of people, from what I can tell. Yeah. I mean, my love for Star Wars kind of went down a bit. And then we got we got Solo the movie that was mm. um, yeah that was that was uncalled for totally uncalled for <laughs> okay but uh <laughs> okay but did, yeah, you well, like it, though? did you enjoy it yeah but every story is uncalled uh, for okay like, I don't get people say oh <laughs> it's a film I never asked for this film it's like what do you mean you never asked for this film Wait, is this fucking room service like you know it's just nobody okay. asked for anything this, it just this is this is how I see the uh, the the spin-off movies. Rogue One was more like a uh, a Monday, a bank holiday Monday war movie. A little bit, it's like, yeah. It's, it's almost like a over the river war movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's like it's like Guns of Navarone kind of, kind yeah. of like style. Yeah. And then we've got Solo, which is like a heist movie. I mean, if, if, if it did not have established characters like Han Solo and Chewbacca in it, it could be any other sci-fi movie. You know? yeah, that's interesting. I never thought of it from that perspective. Yeah, if it didn't have those two guys, it could have been. Yeah, you, really. yeah you, you could just watch it like a normal sci-fi movie of people trying to rob a train yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. space, space yeah. train. Wow. Right. And <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the the fact that towards the end there was a little bit of like a, a little. Uh, I want to just say that cliffhanger. So leading on, we have Darth Maul come on. I thought that was a bit okay. Yeah. That did actually surprise me, or even actually made me go, "Ooh, yeah." It's just like <laughs> it's just stupid. Oh, you didn't like that? I know it did surprise me. I wasn't expecting that. I didn't. Not that did I knew anything about the film, but yeah, I was like, "Oh." Look I mean, that. like I said, <laughs> "Long is that You haven't yeah. been cut in half yet. <laughs> well, he has been cut in half. I know what's gonna. I know what's gonna happen to you in the future. You gonna get cut oh, in half. Oh, Tintin! Now you're showing some cracks, my my friend. That okay? So actually. In your defense, you did say you've not seen any of the um, animation. Okay. So this is another part of, I think, the problem that... For... Oh, so Darth so Maul, the character, is actually much more expanded in the anime. Oh, incredibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in that, in Solo, because Solo takes place way after episode one, he survives. He's... Yeah. He like... survives in half. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask me how. Okay. So, 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 so what so, so what are the animation series actually? What so is the uh, uh, Clone Wars? You need to see the Clone, the Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah, and, and Rebels, then, right? and then Rebels. Yeah, Rebels afterwards. Okay, yeah. because they so, are actually available on Plus. So yeah, yeah. So Clone Wars is set between episodes two and three. I won't give too okay. much away um, because they just um, under Disney they did the final seasons because they they basically Clone Wars kind of got cancelled once Disney bought. The series and they released us I think oh, right. season six, but it was kind of like in a crude animatic form, so it was never um, it was never fully you know fully realized or anything, um, and it didn't really uh, it didn't really sort of plug neatly in if I remember correctly it didn't really plug neatly into episode three or anything, whereas um, where they went back uh, last year I think it came out last year yeah twenty twenty. Um, it does, you know, it ties it up 
actually really beautiful. It is, it is some of it's outright some of the best Star Wars I've seen in a long time. I have to ask you. Yeah. yeah. I have to ask you. Are, are, the, are the stories good? So if it's good, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't, care, I don't care how crude animations are, so long as the the story carries it. Oh no! Don't get me wrong. Sorry, the actual finished episodes. So what I'm saying is that they for that they they basically got cancelled after season. I think it was five. My memory is really failing me. Five Wow. Well, there's actually. Okay. I think there's six or seven. So basically, it, they went for a period under Lucasfilm, and then George Lucas sold it. Obviously, he yeah. sold uh, Lucasfilm to Disney, uh, and then Disney decided to, I believe, axe Clone Wars and stop it, and basically bring in Rebels, which is set between three and four. Right. Okay. And but what lucasfilm did do was they had a whole bunch of animatics and stuff um and crude animations and all of the recording done all the audio recording done for their final season or for the next season at least so they've released that in that form so all the acting is there all the music and everything is there um it's just the animation isn't quite as polished as you know the 3D models and stuff are nowhere near as polished as they um, should be, but mm. Disney did go back and uh, still with still with Dave Filoni, who was um, uh, the lead on this on that project. Uh, so ori- the original Clone Wars stuff was done under Lucas's tutelage, but you know, so they did it together, Filoni and George Lucas, and uh, yeah. Fil- Dave Filoni was kind of his protege. So you know Dave Filoni from Mandalorian. Yeah, the Mandalorian. Yeah. So it's much of that kind of stuff, you know. When you watch Mandalorian, uh, you, and if somebody said to you, "Oh, this was made by the same people, same guy that made um, Clone Wars and Rebels," you'd be like, "Oh yeah, of course it, of course it was." Whereas if you said to yeah, me, "Yeah, yeah," I mean, even even I, I don't actually, I don't know much about the animation series, but I, even I actually know Mandalorian to leave from that. Yeah, I mean, it's all you know? you know. Yeah, it it builds on that as well a little bit, you know. He, um, he brings in characters that he established in in the Clone mm. Wars. Um, so definitely, yeah, definitely check it out because it does expand yeah. things. But and it does spoilers, sorry, but it does bring uh, more back. So this is okay. part of the problem. What I was saying was that this is part of the problem of um, episode, uh, sorry, of Solo, for particularly for casual viewers because they will get thrown out. Um, when it comes to timeline, they'll be like, oh, wait, so this happens before episode one? <clears throat> when it doesn't, obviously. Uh, even more, more Ray Park reprise the role. He even looks a lot older, right? Um, but you can hear his robotic legs. If you pay a bit of attention, you can hear the, when he stands up, hear the, he's got robotic legs in that. So his uh, appendages, yeah, his limbs, his prosthetic limbs. Uh, well- well, he won't get he won't get invited to many parties. No, no, he just makes too much noise, right? Just uh, actually, Tintin, you you are. Do you know what? There's a lot of that series, but if you want, what I can do is I can send you a little viewing order. So there's like this, so you will hit all the key story points, particularly. You know what? I actually want to actually watch the whole series as it is. So then, really. then, then go for it. Um, you're not. Yeah, gonna it's going to be a long weekend's binge. Yeah, I, it was going to take you a bit longer than a weekend, I imagine. But no, no, uh, I, I said weekends in plural. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you you're in for some great TV, mate? There's some yeah. really good storytelling. Yeah, really good storytelling. But um, 
Yeah, you know, actually, okay, so just going back to episode one, there was something I was going to tell you. You know when you were talking about the amount of blue screen about, I know we've been talking for a long time, um, and that's fine. I think I'm going to split this into a couple of episodes. But um, so episode one actually is mostly um, practical effects. Mm. It's mostly, um, so there's obviously all the location stuff. Uh, and they did go back to Tunisia and they built all of the, you know, all of that. They built that mm-hmm. village in that city and everything um, based on, um, there's actually a place uh, in Tunisia called Tatu. It's not pronounced Tatooine, but it sounds a lot like Tatooine. It's Tato. That would be cooler, wouldn't it? No, no, no. This is true. Uh, Google this if anybody isn't familiar with the story. So, so check it out. So there's actually a place, a town, um, which is uh, uh, the residents of this town are a more ancient sort of civilization, and it's um, a below ground uh, village. Mm-hmm. And this and this village or town, whatever you want to call it, is called Tatoen, or something like that. Okay, check it out. That's Trust me. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and and so the the aesthetic for Tatooine. Um, not most Eisley, but like the uh, the homestead and 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 then what you see in episode one with the uh, you know where Anakin lives. It's those sort of stacked. They almost look like um, clay homes, right? Those yeah, it's like it's like the side of the yeah, yeah. So that that's all derived from this one village, all of that aesthetic. So it's all that's based really cool. in real, yeah, in the real world. But um, so in episode one. It's a combination of actual sets, some blue screen stuff, yes, for map paintings, for digital map paintings, um, but mostly miniatures. So a lot of those sets are miniatures um, and composites. So they've built like the miniature of Theed Palace, which is then composited onto this, uh, I think, uh, the thing in Como, you know, a, period, a place in Lake Como. And then, so even the the waterfalls that you see, and this is all on the featurettes. The you know Lucas George Lucas basically created uh, web documentaries, right? He called them webisodes, and he created those yeah. as a, to show the the development and the making of the prequel trilogy. And now webisodes or web documentaries, whatever you want to call them, are just commonplace. But Lucas invented that; it did not exist before yeah. he came along. Maybe this. because my memory of the um, the prequel trilogy is that. It was extensive CGI, extensive. I mean, to yeah, a point yeah. now, it, 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 to a point that we look back on it now, it's you can actually you can actually date it to a certain period of, yeah. of cinematic history. But but I when when what, CGI episode... was when when CGI was the actual like, the rage at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I find ninety CGI very specific. I can see that mm. unless you're talking about a Jurassic Park film. Which and that was also ILM, right? And they were quite intelligent with how they dealt with, you know, um, how they mixed practical effects with the CG effects and the lighting and shooting things in dark and you know at nighttime with that first T Rex shot, for example, because of the limitations of the technology and everything. They were they were very intelligent. They approached it in a in a sort of slightly less is more kind of um, way. But then you mm-hmm. had those disaster films like Twister and all this other mummy films and stuff, which took it to. Uh, you know, it was a fun spectacle at the time, but now they really do look dated. I, to me, they look like 90s CGI. Now, I don't get so much of that with the prequels. There's a little bit, and I'll tell you. So basically, what happened was, um, 
if you chart the progress of those films, uh, less and less miniatures and practical effects were used as the films went on. So by episode three, almost all of it is against green screen and blue screen. Uh, in episode three, I thought it looked quite convincing. But there are some shots, particularly the library shots in Attack of the Clones. And it just looks so fake. It's unbelievable. Like it, it really hasn't aged well. So I disagree that all three films have aged badly. But um, I do agree that there are certain shots which just look, you know, they just don't look right. Like I still think Jar Jar in episode one looks fantastic. I still buy that. Really? Yeah, yeah. I still think he looks really good. Um, I mean, it's set being one of the first CGI characters, you know, actors in itself is an accomplishment. But I still think he kind of, he pretty much holds up. I'm not talking yeah. about performance and things like that, even though um, I've got a lot of respect for Ahmed Best as a performer. You know, he's just, he's exceptional. And the BS that he received, the hate and stuff, was just yeah. completely uncalled for. You, know, you don't like the way a character's been written. Why on earth are you attacking the performer, you know, or the the visual artist or whatever? I mean, they they did their job and and it was outstanding. You know, you don't like the writing, that that that's the problem. You know, it's like with mm. Last Jedi, and I know we keep harping on about Last Jedi, um, but the Rose character, um, you know, Kelly Marie Tran was incredibly convincing. I loved her as a performer. The writing, did I like the writing? Did I like the characterization? Did I like the arc? Not particularly. Um, partly because I don't think they explored enough. Like, well, I, I was quite interested to know why she feels this connection with the, you know, with nature and, and, you know, actually, why did she save those fathers and not the kids? And, you know, wh where did this contempt for um, capitalism essentially, where did it come from? You know, there's, there's some stuff there that could have been interestingly explored but then it completely the final nail in that character's coffin from the writing perspective was at the end when you know finn is about to sacrifice himself and you are on the edge of your seat because you think yes this is wow okay all right if this is how he goes and fine at least he's got an arc and then she comes out of nowhere pulls a maneuver that actually should have killed them both miraculously doesn't uh, and then she says we're gonna win by saving the things we love you're like, <laughs> you slap your head because you're like, uh, that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, he was about to give his own life so that he could save his friends. But now you've completely botched that up and now you're all going to die. You know, so that that's that's writing though, okay? That's got nothing to do with the actor, the performer, um, or the performance. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm, so, I do know, yeah. Yeah, you know, so Jar Jar getting all this slack, I mean, there's always going to be comic relief. I don't buy all this Darth Jar Jar nonsense. He was there, you know, he was given all these Harold Lloyd um, scenes, like old silent movie comedy from the silent era stuff, you know, Harold Lloyd's exactly like the, it was taken almost um, shot for shot. Lucas um, uh, took the, you know, the, the boulders falling down and he, uh, Harold Lloyd is outrunning them. The only difference was that Harold Lloyd did it in real life do you know what i mean uh as a stunt you know they're not real boulders of course you can see they're not by the way they bounce around they're you know? not real boulders no can you believe it can you believe oh, it? it's not you ruined it for rock. me i know 
but you know so it's it's he's harking back to an era of filmmaking whereas um and, and so it's all very intentional the characterization whereas what's going on in some of these other missteps it just makes no well it's a misstep but um yeah a lot of it you know the the the, the um in Thede Palace in episode one, the waterfalls, that's salt. That's um that's salt. salt, yeah. As in salt oh, and wow. pepper. They're they're pouring yeah, salt, yeah, yeah. they shoot it, then they digitally add it in, uh they composited it over the palace. So you see the grains of salt falling, and then they, all they did was they added some effects at the bottom where it's hitting the, the water to create the mist and everything. And then Well so long as it's not sand. As long as it's not sand, then I'm happy. Yeah, it's not sand. Yeah, 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 because, yeah. because Anakin would be happy and I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Little Annie would have been destroyed if. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know, um, he hates sand. He does. He, he gets does. everywhere. Yeah. And you, did you see? I don't know if you saw this, but um, at Star Wars Celebration a couple of years back, um, Hayden Christensen came onto the stage and he was interviewed and stuff, and he and even he poked fun at the whole sand thing. You know, the guy's got a sense of humor. What can you say? It was really good. Well, he—I mean, he had what? I think he had what twenty years to mm. live with it. <laughs> I mean, he—he yeah, he, yeah. he stepped away. He stepped away from all that. All yeah, because of the way he was treated by uh, a lot of people. Mm, exactly. Maybe not as many I mean, as we think, but so. yeah. But fandom, fandom has this bad side as well. We all know that. It's yeah. kind of like, funny enough, it's kind of like the force. He has a good side <laughs> and the bad side. And the bad side, exactly. Let's did, did you see what I just did there? I, yeah, very clever. <laughs> let's talk about. No, I really did like it. Actually, that was pretty good. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Actually, um, that so we have talked about the negative side of uh, fandom, where you get these people who attack something maliciously. They, it's almost like you know, I, I take Star Wars seriously. I know you do too. Um, which is probably why we felt so hurt by the characterization of Luke Skywalker. However, um we can still differentiate between reality and fiction and sort of you can kind of park it right you can say well okay it's a film and i don't like this film so i'm not going to watch it like, like you said you've kind of um removed it from your head canon, right you're just like okay well yeah it exists i just refuse to sort of do with it but you don't go online and start attacking people or whatever now no of I, course not. I have noticed um that a lot of the negative stuff this stuff about Ray being a Mary Sue and whatnot, a lot of that seemed to be coming from mainstream media as opposed to fans. Right? Fans were sort of saying, mm. "Well, we like Ray. Uh, she is intriguing. She's, she is an interesting character. I just don't understand why she's so powerful. I hope I get some answers in the next film." And I suppose when you don't deliver on that, um, or the setups that were done in Episode Seven, um, then yeah, you are. You know, some people are going to come out naturally and just be like oh this is bs or whatever an attack but a lot of the negativity i noticed was coming from the mainstream media i just wanted to talk to you a little bit about not so much this movement called the fandom menace i don't know if you've heard this thing but it's people who actively oh that's um, awesome yeah that's they, in what, itself the name that's awesome yeah the name the, the name fandom. okay it's clever whatever but they act i i find them too much of a negative force to be honest they they mm. actively go out of their way to just disparage basically and quite frankly i i personally just don't have time for that shit right it's it's child well it just sounds like it just sounds like a bunch of trolls getting together uh somewhat a little bit um <laughs> people who aren't necessarily in the industry and don't even necessarily understand how the process of making a film works or whatever they're just you know 
I don't know. I just read them as a bit butthurt. There's a couple of guys there who are quite intelligent. So they bring an intelligent um, discussion to the table about why they don't like these films or why they are not good. You know, you hear me saying all the time, objectivity versus subjectivity. So subjectively, yeah, any everything's fair game. But objective, objectively, there are... Um, some serious shortcomings in in these uh these disney run films um but little things you know like uh, uh in, in force awakens there's a shot you know when uh daisy ridley and john Vega are running away from uh um oh what's the uh place called where she's doing all the scavenging um um Jakku. Yeah, on Jakku, but the 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 actual town or whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's quite late here uh, now in the UK. Um, so they're running away, and he's and she's sort of saying, "Oh, we can get away if we get to that quad jumper." They're being shot at by the Tie Fighters, and and just off uh, uh, John Boyega's character Finn points off camera and says, "Well, what about that thing?" And he goes, "That that thing's a piece of junk." You know, it hasn't flown in years. It's junk, uh, and then they keep walking. They keep running, and then the um, the quad jumper that she's about to jump into gets blown up. Now, in that shot, if you watch that again, okay, they're running. Um, you see them. The cut. The camera cuts to behind them, a sort of mid to wide from behind, and they're coming mm-hmm. to a stop. They're they're coming to a stop, and then it cuts back to in front of them. We see them come to a stop. And then when it cuts back to the close-up on them, they're still moving. Right? So there's a continuity error there. Okay? Right. Do you understand what I'm describing? Yeah. Yeah? So they're running. We see them stop. And then it cuts. A smash cut to, in front of them. And they're still moving. They're just coming to a halt. So there's little... that That's objectively not right. Okay? That's that's wrong. That's bad. Because it also stands... You know what? You know what? I, I I didn't even know that until you mentioned it, which makes me want to watch that movie again. Now, just yeah, yeah, yeah. for that particular, well, check because it out. um, yeah, I mean, I mean, stuff like that you can actually overlook because you you you've been driven yeah. along by the actual action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think it really stood out to me until the second time I saw it. But bearing in mind, I saw it twice in the same day. Uh, I I saw it at the Carson Crew screening, and then we drove all the way to the other end of town because I already had tickets for it. Um, at the other, uh, at another cinema, but um, and it stood out in the, the second time I watched it, even though I was less <laughs> less engaged the second time I watched it. Um, so, so did it did it actually did it actually draw you out of the story? Like it froze you a bit. Well, when when little things like that happen, yeah, because I I do look for continuity partly because when I've been making films myself, it's something <laughs> that I yeah. watch because we make indie films. Um, what you'll find is a lot of people will take on multiple roles, so I can't have a separate continuity person because that's a whole other wage. And if I'm paying for this stuff myself, I'll just do it myself. You know, I can't if I can't afford to have a continuity person. So I'm one of these people who does have their eye on the camera a lot. So I do notice these things just generally. Um, and I'm actually I'm quite proud of that that I do pick up on some things, not all things. Like I said, the uh, the Last Jedi knife fight thing. You know, the knife disappeared. I never picked up on that when I first saw that film, um, and it didn't. Ha- and I'm not going to see that film again. Yeah, that's fine. You know, you don't need to. You don't need to. Um, but you can find that. You know, there's there's sort of shot by shot breakdowns and stuff on YouTube. So if you just wanted to see that scene, 
if you just google that it'll come up and it'll you'll be able to see quite clearly where one minute there's a weapon in the guy's hand and in the next shot there isn't you know it's the disappearing knife or whatever they call it can i ask um, you about the, the character of finn though i mean the character of finn yeah. it was um, it was it was pretty much the first character that we saw in the actual trailer for the uh the force awakens yeah. i mean it was built up to be something Yes, that's why I could ask you. Yeah. Do you think basically his character was actually been pretty much like written to the background as the actual yeah. uh, the sequels went along? Yeah, I think he, for me, I think I think the character was belittled from the um, the last Jedi onwards. Yeah, it it did feel like that that he didn't have an awful lot to do. Last Jedi, he he did do he 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 had things. He did do things actually. I mean, he did fight Phasma. He did somehow manage to beat her. Um, he did almost make a self-sacrifice, and I think had he have had that have played out as we expected it to play out, mm. um, and I think that would have been fine. You don't need to subvert our expectations on that. Let it play out. We expect him to die. Let him die. That's still going to hit us because the the impact of him saving his friends is real and heroic, and you know there's a little hero's journey type thing there as well. Um, but you know, yeah, okay, we were sort of um, uh, that was taken away. That didn't happen, and because that didn't happen, it it to me in my mind it did diminish his role. Yes. And then come Rise of Skywalker, where he really all he seemed to do was just shout at people. Um, if there was, you know, or just shout at Ray, I I don't really remember what he achieved. Uh, in the rise of skywalker and i don't know if that's any real fault of um jj or chris no. terrio who terrio i'm not i'm no real fan of if i'm perfectly honest but i don't feel and, and actually if you watch the documentary the making of um rise of skywalker you will see that he, he doesn't quite understand star wars either but um there's you know he um it just felt like there, there wasn't much that they were left with to do with that character um, i mean even uh, i remember reading some interviews with boyega i mean he actually brought on a subject that his experience with star wars wasn't actually uh, what he expected and he was he did actually feel very, very short changed about his character yeah i mean he, you know there, well that's why i was saying he was kind of misdirect this building him up as the hero of force awakens and then it's actually ray which actually would have been fine, but I just think if there was more to it, like this whole, you know, Ray, there's something I want to tell you um, in The Rise of Skywalker, where it's kind of somewhat alluding to him having force powers, which I never got, yeah. actually. that That's not how I read that at all. In that first line where it says, Ray, Ray, you know, when they're sinking in that weird quicksand, which works one minute but doesn't work the next. Was, that, was that ever, ever acknowledged in the actual, sorry, was no, that ever no. uh, resolved? No, well, this is what I mean. If they, I think if if they had actually played the fact that he's got force powers or he's somehow force sensitive, and then paid that off somehow, uh, then perhaps mm. you'd you'd his story would have felt more. We'd be more content with it. Um, to me, his character was considerably more fascinating than Ray, though. Um, the scavenger on a planet waiting for a family. Yeah, there, you, there's a hook there. I see it, right? And I was hooked. 
but the idea of a bad guy turning good which is kind of going in the opposite way to uh the anakin story arc which is the yeah. good guy turning bad then coming back to being good as well um I don't know, it just felt like there was so much fertile ground there that, that wasn't explored. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit as we started in the beginning, and, and the Boyega stuff is interesting. It leads in nicely to it. Um, I wanted to talk about a little bit more about how these notions of, or these accusations of racism um, within Lucasfilm, which I don't buy at all, just off the top of the bat, I just, I just want to discuss how this stuff the things that have been happening the things that have happened um whether you feel there's any credence you are chinese okay and um mm -hmm. i'm indian uh whether we like it or not i mean our cultures can be extremely uh, xenophobic um particularly to towards each other right we've seen that mm -hmm. in our history um anyway we won't talk about that now but uh one thing I want to mention was so the Boyega character, the Finn character. I think I believe he was either erased completely or just shrunk down in size for the one sheet for the poster that was released in China. Okay, and it's said that this is because he's black, and that the Chinese notoriously notoriously dislike black people. Apparently, I mean I don't know too much about this stuff. Is there any light that you can shed on this? Do you know anything about any of this stuff? Uh, no. Um... But what I can tell you is basically me. I mean, although I'm Chinese, I, I wasn't actually brought up in China. I was brought up mm. in Hong Kong. Um, but yes, there is correlation with that because um, just like the, uh, the Caucasians' uh, uh, viewpoint towards the black community, there is a correlation with the Chinese community towards the black community as well, mm. of course. Um, <clears throat> the way, I mean, I come from a generation whereby, my, sorry, my mum and dad come from a generation whereby they view um, certain communities to be more aggressive. Um, oh, God, I don't even know if I should actually mention this or not. But um, mm. the way they view it is that the the white community tend to be a bit more deceptive. They, they tend, tend to be, tend to be much more deceptive. deceptive. They tend to be much more subtle. They tend to be a bit more subtle in their prejudice mm. uh, if, they, if they don't get caught out. Um, but my mum and dad always sees the black community to be a bit more aggressive violent does that make sense a bit more upfront but with the the white people if they want to want to be uh, prejudiced against you they do it behind your back right interesting okay so yeah i mean so the, the stuff we kind of said about about uh boyegas uh being uh shrunk down and opposed mm. as well that's new to me i mean okay. this is something i'm gonna have to look into a bit more i'm gonna do a yeah. bit more research on i mean it doesn't surprise me let's just say right um I, mean, I think I, I think one reason why I actually brought up the subject regarding Boyega, but I think maybe because as we as as as, as the way things stand at the moment, we actually the Hollywood tends to cater more and more towards the Chinese uh, audience or Chinese uh, mm. market because that's where the money is. Yeah. I don't know whether that was a conscious effort to actually draw the character back towards into the background, kind of like uh, oh, his character. Yes, it's a story, it's a narrative. Yeah. I mean, from the beginning, he, he, his his character was very strong in yeah. the uh, Force Awakens, yeah. but it got it, it got into the like, comedic uh, comedic purposes on the uh, yeah. 
um, The Last Jedi in the beginning, anyway, he's wandering around the corridors with Le- like liquid le- leaking from his yeah. suit. No, that wasn't funny. That was, I know exactly what they're doing there. It's a kind of bit little in a bit. And that kind of led on to the um, the, the rise of the Skywalker. Like you said, he, all he did was basically run around shouting. Yeah. I was um, really expecting a cyborg Finn. I was really hoping to see some kind of cyborg, cybernetic, you know, spine or something, you know, attached. And he's this. Yeah, I don't know. It would have been cool, like this thing turning into a machine. That's kind of synonymous with Star Wars, isn't it? I mean, there, there was some. I mean, regarding him saying uh, uh, all the way through the last Jedi, there's something I need to talk to tell you about. There's something I need to tell you about. Oh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, yeah, the Rise of Skywalker. I mean, I. The reason I asked you was that every result because I can't remember if it every result. The only information I got was that he got externally from the movie from the actual like um yeah. stuff with discussion on online saying yeah. uh, he's for sensitive or whatnot yeah and for me my mind kind of melded them both together thinking was that was that ever resolved no, it was, I mean, it was I never in the film no it was never no. In the film. but it was it was actually acknowledged by fandom that he was for sensitive um was it fandom that, that or was it explicitly was... stated by jj it was explicitly stated oh, somewhere right. else that he's force um, sensitive. If I'm, if I'm remembering it correctly, excuse me. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was um, explicitly stated. You only the only I other hint that... is when he says, "Oh, she, uh, it's in the third act," and I don't know. Somebody says to him, "Oh, how do you know something or other?" And he just turns around and says, "A oh, feeling," which felt a bit thin. It felt underdeveloped mm. to me. Yeah, yeah I mean, regarding us. Yeah, about the racism and whatnot, and I've never looked into this okay. myself. But I can only tell you what I what I've been brought up with. Mm. This is stuff that basically it's a lingering on from my mum and dad's generation. I don't know about you. I mean, your culture as well. I mean, you probably have some kind of correlation regarding that as well. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, your, I mean, your culture is very similar to my culture. I mean, because my culture mm. actually had the oppression from the imperialism from the West as yeah. well. Just as just as same as yours, yours more so than mine. Yeah, uh, I think I mean obviously not something that I um. Oh well, I'm too young to have experienced it, but uh, I, I'm a byproduct of that. We're both sort of byproducts of all of that, aren't we? Mm. Um, well, I'm I'm British born. You were, you know, in Hong Kong, uh, British territory. Um, yeah, it's all tied in. I mean, India and its stratification, its caste system. Um. Yeah, it's it's rather it's quite horrible. Um, I don't know. You know, I had a question to you earlier before we even started recording. If you remember, it was like um, in our notes, I wrote, you know, was there an Indian uh, poster? Because obviously, the Force Awakens was released out there. What was the uh, what was the depiction of Boyega on that, if at all? I mean, it would be interesting to. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to see if I can find. You know, because Indians have found unfortunately that they they are racist they're racist towards not only um blacks but uh or african afro-caribbean cultures um but also towards their own cultures you know because of the caste system we and this is going to sound pompous but i've i've experienced it partly because uh our caste is the highest caste we're the priests right so we're closest to god so therefore, we're I don't know somehow above everybody else, and I've I've heard it, seen it, you know, um, from people. 
where they they hold this casting with such pride. Um, you've heard of Untouchables, you know, oh, yeah. yes, yes. in India who who who, ha- who are uh, put um, after even you know animals and things like that. Not that okay. You can argue well, all life is sacred and 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 you know they, they shouldn't. Well, stratification shouldn't exist anyway. But you know that the people that can't be touched you know the, the idea that these people are so beneath you whoever i don't mean you tintin or anybody listening but p- other people <laughs> that you can't physically touch them in case for i don't know what you get the lurgy oh no i've got cooties from this thing yeah it's this guy is stupid it makes no sense but i'd be interested to see how um that film was presented in in india as well um the other thing that's been happening of late obviously so we know about the not obviously but we know about kelly marie tran um some of the supposed hate that she got i didn't actually see any of it i tried to stay away from too much of the stuff i'll catch like the headline yeah i catch the headline and leave it um but you know yeah she was attacked not necessarily for being um oriental but or you know of her ethnicity or anything but because of her character but did the media then spin that into a race thing uh, i don't know um i'm not sure but i'm guessing you don't know anything about that you if you stayed away from it no i don't yeah. I, I i i know of it that's yeah. what i know of it yeah. uh, i know that i was actually surprised to see her coming back for the last oh. uh the, the rise of this last guy with her i mean she was a background character when she came back i mean oh, i was actually surprised yeah. yeah, I mean, I, when I saw her in the cinema, when I saw her in the screen, I was a bit surprised that she actually came back because I knew she had a lot of flack from the yes. uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, she you... came back purely for like the background dressing. Well, I mean, yeah, she. You can argue what did that character contribute again to the overall story? She's there at that final battle, but yeah, she kind of sat it out. You know, she was like kind of benched mm-hmm. in the film. It felt like, but. Um, it's one of the situations where you blink or you miss her. Well, I don't know if it was that bad, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that's she, right. yeah. I, I mean, she had you, no, she had no active involvement in the narrative at all. Yeah, it didn't feel like it did, which is a which is a shame because, like I said earlier, I think she's a she's she was a really good performer. I don't know her work outside of Star Wars. I don't think, mm. um, but what she did do in Last Jedi, I you know she. It's, it was convincing. Um, I I think she's a good actress. There's something that's been happening at the moment now. Uh, we're um, we're recording this um, end of Jan, and so this is reasonably new news. Uh, again, something probably tinted that you're probably not too aware of. But there's uh, the new series, uh, the print. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the um, this new sort of print campaign that Lucasfilm have just launched called the High Republic, and so it's a series of comic books and, and novels and things like that. And there's a show. There's going to be a show called the High Republic Show, uh, original name. And there's a um, the, the host of that is a uh, I don't know if she's an American or where she's from, but she's a black girl. Uh, her name is Christina Ariel. I think that's how you pronounce it anyway. Uh, Christina with a K K R Y S. Anyway, and 
So I saw some stuff because Lucasfilm came out of nowhere saying that we stand behind, we stand with Christina Ariel, and she was getting some really awful racist tweets thrown at her. There was like a, a monkey emoji with a banana and some oh, really horrible God. stuff. But it was yeah. So nothing was presented in context. Um, I believe somebody I read somewhere else that she apparently would tweet before she got this Star Wars gig she would tweet a lot of negative stuff towards Caucasians mm-hmm. um, that could be deemed as racist uh, comments now I haven't seen any of this so I don't know I can't verify any of that um, but obviously something's prompted this backlash but it was just awful awful malice of just racist tweets towards her you know um yeah, really, really horrible stuff, actually. And so this idea of racism in Star Wars, you know, I found that, I don't know, I found it compelling. People have argued about how all the heroes in the Star Wars saga, in the original trilogy, you know, they were all white males for the most part, right? You had one woman, you had uh, mm. Princess Leia. Um, and that it wasn't about diversity, or in the prequels you had... Uh, these sort of stereotypical accents being attributed to alien characters. Now, I always thought... I remember that from the episode one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, But now, I always read these things as being... I always read Star Wars as being all about diversity. So if there's like these trade mm. federation people, um, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like East India Company a bit. All right, so they've got oriental accents. Okay, so it's just an accent. Um, you could argue Watto, the junk dealer guy who's a bit... I don't know, stingy or whatever, hit some kind of um, Jewish stereotype or something. You know, um, what do you reckon? I mean, we'll 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 tie this up soon because I'm, my battery's on two yeah. percent as well. But um, I mean, you said it before. Basically, I, I mean, for myself, when I saw uh, episode one, I didn't actually connect the dots yeah. until, like you said, until, like you said, the media spun it. The yeah. media is always looking for an angle. The media is always looking for a story. Yeah. Um. If there isn't a story, they will actually create one. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I didn't actually pick up on it at all until after the movie came out. And that's when all the actual criticisms came out regarding mm-hmm. uh, the stereotypes and whatnot. I didn't actually connect with us. He, I, I left it with the media to actually make that distinction for me. And I didn't actually take it at heart at all. No. No, I, yeah, neither, neither did I. Um, even when they've repurposed... Hindi music, for example, Indian music, and you know, and, and stuff, and you'll see that actually um, when you start watching some of the animation and whatnot. I never mm-hmm. had, yeah, I never thought, well, what they're just singing in Hindi. If anything, it just takes you out of it a bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, the race, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting. Um, Can I just ask you about this? This High Republic. What, what kind of show is it? Is it like a, um, uh, is it an, an actual story like that's oh, official? No. No, what is no, it? no. Sorry, no. Beg your pardon. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. It, but it's definitely not a narrative thing. It's, um, no. I think she will be talking about. She'll be discussing all the latest stuff, the latest. Oh right, okay. Books and stuff. So it's a bit like the Star Wars show where they just talk about content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you would have thought. I mean, yeah. uh, we're in the 21st century. We would have thought basically that would be non, non-starter, and also. You would have thought because of us being nerds, that would even that would even actually enter Shouldn't, into yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because nerds, by their nature, we actually accept it for a lot of us uh, narrative, a lot of like different stories. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, 
I suppose you could actually argue the point that there would be toxic fans anyway, in, yeah. in, in any, any way, form of, yeah. yeah. But, but also because we live in a time where there's, um, they can actually hide behind a screen. Yeah, yeah. It emboldens these kind of people anyway. It does, exactly. And that's exactly it. But um, I think you, you make a really nice point about uh, this culture, this nerd culture or whatever you want to call it, um, geek culture. Um, because they we they are the other and i've been on both sides you know uh of the coin where i've been perceived as a cool guy but then also the nerd or whatever and quite frankly i prefer the nerd you were the cool guy were you oh come on (laughs) come on dude you're the one who said that i look like uh i was robert de niro back when we first met come on how old were you when i first met you You i think i was 20 yeah, you um, look like yeah. I, I remember saying to you, "Do you remember that conversation I had with you?" Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you look you look like you look like the younger version of Robert De Niro from was it yeah. the uh, what that movie he made? Casino uh, or Goodfellas or yeah, there there, there, there was the one movie we made where it's like um, he looked at him from like when he was a child, uh, when he was a, when he was a uh, boy. Oh no 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 no. Okay, so you're talking about sorry, we're on one percent. I hope we don't get cut off. But um, you're talking about Bronx Tale. That's it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's not Bobby De Niro, that's his son in that. And yeah, actually, I. Cause oh, that I, was his son? Yeah, in the film, that was his son. But I did. Do you know what? That film was on TV, and I got phone calls from people saying, When did you do this film? Because we. The resemblance between young me and this kid was uncanny at the time. It was I feel uncanny. vindicated. Yeah. I yeah, feel yeah. vindicated. Hinton, <laughs> <laughs> um. Look, mate, it's been it's been really interesting uh, talking to you. I hope we can do this again. Um, an epic, epic chat. I hope you enjoyed it. How do you, how did, how do you feel? What did you did you enjoy? I really enjoyed. it. I can't believe the hours went by so quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff you actually kind of opened my eyes to. Yeah, there's yeah. I mean, and, and, I mean, and the same. You're always yeah. I mean, for me, discussion. I mean, for me, I'm 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 basically a fan <clears throat> looking from the outside in. From you, mm. you have a bit more insider knowledge basically well i don't know about insider knowledge but yeah i'm glad that you you could take something away from it um as i hope some of our view uh listeners rather not viewers but listeners can take something away from it tintin um thank you so much buddy all right rudy thank you very much for the invite i've already enjoyed myself